Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Jeffrey Tubin, I want you, your response, first of all, on this New York Times article uh, headline, Trump wanted to order Justice Department to prosecute Comey and Clinton. Well, this is what happens in authoritarian countries. The president orders, uh, the, the president, the leader, orders the investigation and prosecution of his political enemies. Uh, fortunately, there are people in the White House here who understood the traditions and the rules of the American legal system and said, you can't do that, and it didn't happen. But this is simply the logical extension of what the president has tweeted about, what he said in speeches, uh, what, what he has you know, been quite clear in saying that he wanted Comey and uh, Clinton prosecuted, but now we see that he made an even greater effort to make it happen. Fortunately, um, the internal checks and balances within the White House seem to have stopped this idea. And what does it say to you, Jeffrey, that in the article, uh, the president is reported uh, as having felt that the FBI director, Christopher Wray, whom he appointed, who he nominated to be the head of the FBI, uh, that he was critical of him for failing to more aggressively investigate Mrs. Clinton, calling him weak. Well, th this is his view of any government official, whether it's in the FBI or the Justice Department, who doesn't do his personal bidding. Uh, he has absolutely no understanding that the FBI, the Justice Department, the entire U.S. government works for the taxpayers, works for uh, defending the Constitution. He thinks they are all his personal servants, and uh, bec when they don't do something he wants done, even if there's no legal basis for it, even if it's a violation of all of our traditions in the legal community, um, he, he gets angry. I mean, there are few exceptions. Climate change, we're going to have to come up with some new technologies to solve the problem as, as much as we need to. Although even on something like that, right now I could take off-the-shelf existing technologies. We could reduce carbon emissions by, let's say, 30%. Without any, you know, it's not like we'd all have to go back to caves and, you know, live off, you know, fire. Um, uh, we could have electricity and smartphones and all that stuff, um, which would buy us probably another 20, 30 years for that technological breakthrough that's necessary. The reason we don't do it is because we are still confused, blind, <laughs> shrouded with hate, anger, racism, mommy issues. I mean, I, I, you know, we 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 are we are fraught with stuff, and 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 so if that's the case, then the single most important thing that we have to invest in is is not all. And 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 look, I'm a huge supporter of you know, science and technological research and social science and you know, uh, evidence-based learning and all, all that good stuff. I'm, I'm, people call me Spock for a reason. I, I believe in reason and logic and all these enlightenment values. But the thing that really we have to invest in is, is people.
We got to get people to figure out how they work together in a, you know, how do we get people to work together in a cooperative, thoughtful, constructive way? Um, and that's where you all come in. And by the way, it, it is, it is something that can be taught not perfectly, because we're never going to get completely rid of all of our stuff. But it, we can improve. There, there are certain ways of thinking about how we organize ourselves and how our society organizes ourselves and how we communicate and how we work together that, are, that lead to better outcomes, that, that lead us to a, a better place. And, and that's what I wanted to invest in because... Um, uh, I, I think that the payoff there ends up being much higher. It's all being recorded. No, no, no. He's... Look at those fucking eyes. That's fear. See these eyes? That's the fucking eyes of a warrior. You got fear. Yeah. Fucking fear, bro. You look scared. You need to come back. No. Let her attack. Make your fucking jump, bro. Let her attack. Let her do it. Let her do it. Let her spit. Let her spit. See that? Let her spit. It's all good. Are you? It's all good. Hey. 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 Go ahead, hit me, hit me, and I'm going to do my work. Hit me, go. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 26th of November, year of our Lord, 2018. Yeah, a lot of the same old, same old in the opening, but I wanted to highlight that scuffle you heard. And it came from an article... Female Antifa punches, spits on conservative demonstrators. It doesn't end well for her. On Saturday, 19-year-old so-called anti-fascist protester was arrested as she punched and spat on demonstrators at a Him Too rally in Portland. The Him Too rally was organized by conservative activist Haley Adams to draw awareness to the sexual victimization of men and falsely accused. Left-wing counter-protesters showed up to disrupt the event. Demonstrators said at least one reporter on site were harassed, assaulted by agitators. The rally ended with a total of six arrests. One reporter said, 
I was attacked by a mob. That's what he exactly said on Facebook. And his name was Quillette Magazine editor Andy C. Nago, a young Antifa counter-protester later identified as Hannah R. McClintock by the Portland Police Bureau, confronts male demonstrators at the rally, backed by a chant of We Believe Survivors by her fellow Antifa activist. McClintock gets herself in a fighting stance and waves the demonstrators to apparently engage in physical altercation with her. She also spits on them and she repeatedly yells the word, Bitch! Later in the video, McClintock physically assaults the male demonstrators. Two, him, two activists are heard in the video directly their fellow protesters not to fight back against a female and calm down. Let it happen. Let it happen, says one of them. Don't touch her. Let her attack us. Let her attack us. Apparently failing to elicit the reaction she wanted, the aggressive Antifa female continues with her antics. McClintock repeatedly gets into men's faces, spits on them. It's all good. It's all good. Let her spit. McClintock assaults a him two protesters once again before a swarm of police take her away. The picture of this girl just shows what this anti-fascist stuff is. She's a freak. Purple hair. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised Paige in Oregon isn't going out to these things. Because she probably thinks it's great. Because she loved Obama. Obama was great. But they're a bunch of fucking thugs. It's unbelievable. Then, and I didn't want to play the soundbite, a man in Baltimore, Baltimore, performance of Fiddler on the Roof, stood up in the middle of the play and shouted, Heil Hitler, Heil Trump. It was escorted out. A CNN reporter tweeted about the incident, got over 10,000 retweets, and many blue checks shared it, assuming the man was a Trump supporter. However, the man actually protesting Trump and follow-up tweets contained the detail, didn't even come close to going viral. The man who shouted those awful things tried to explain himself. Um, anti, A tearful anti-Trump man, Tony DeFloris, who yelled, Heil Hitler, Heil Trump, at a Phil LaRue show. It just came out wrong. But, you know, hey. Media ran with it. Like, look at those Trump people. They're racists. Then Democrat Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard, Hurls vulgar insults at Trump. On Wednesday, Representative Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii decided she used some colorful language to attack President Trump for his remarks concerning Saudi Arabia and the CIA concluded that Saudi Crown Prince blah, blah, blah ordered the killing. Tulsi Gabbard, hey, real Donald Trump, being Saudi Arabia's bitch is not America first. That's a senator. Yeah. Yeah. People got into the fact that Obama was pretty into Saudi people also, but the media's gone all full-fledged. Trump is not listening to the CIA. Trump is a puppet of the, the Saudis. I mean, it's just, it's like a flashback to Bush, but I think it's because they're out of stuff. I mean, what else do you got to go through? Then we got uh, Paul Krugman. After this, Washington Post article. Trump has spoken privately about his fears over risk to his own life, according to former senior White House official who has discussed the issue with the president, spoken on condition of not anonymity to speak candidly about Trump's concern. He's never been interested in going, the official said of Trump's visiting troops in combat zones, citing conversation with the president. He's afraid of those situations, He's afraid people want to kill him. Somebody said to him, I think this is a bit of a cheap shot, Paul. I bet this president's life is more under attack than any president in memory. If you don't have based in human empathy, which, yes, he doesn't show to anyone, think about what happens if 
Can you imagine that nightmare? But you could figure the left came along. Is it wrong for me to wish that a soldier would do this and it's their duty? Now, who wants to kill Donnie? Perhaps if they did it, would help Mega. He should worry about friendly fire after his despicable treatment of heroes like Admiral McCraven. Yeah. Then we got gun stuff. Got gun stuff. Nina Burley. She's an actual reporter. All right. Almost every single... I had to actually pause to take this in. I just can't believe she wrote this. Almost every single person I've ever heard of with an AR-15 has been a mass murderer. Based on Twitter sample, the rest of them are scarily paranoid. Get on the right side of history, Dana Loesch. Rambo Biggs, hashtag gun sense. Somebody pointed out to her there are 15 million people with AR-15s. Do you actually know 15 mass murderers? I tweeted to her, well, you know, I should have guessed it. My cisnormative white wife who is pro-life owns an AR. Even worse, she's married to an ex-soldier, so that makes her just totally horrible in your book. Of course, she didn't reply. Then we have this beautiful thing from CNN. Um, This just cracks me up. Benny... I do this in language CNN can, under, CNN can understand. Real news, Apple, CNN, banana. Benny is kind of like a freelance reporter. So Matt Dornick, an executive on CNN, comes in. Hey, Benny Johnson, don't you think you should disclose that you wanted to work at CNN and we almost hired you until you were discovered to be a pathological plagiarist? Ryan Savander pointed something out I never even thought of. To anyone applying for jobs in the media, check out this tweet from CNN. If you ever apply for a job in CNN and they don't get it and later say something negative about them, they will use info from the hiring process to publicly attack you. Somebody else. This kind of company CNN is. Every human resource manager in the country cringed when reading this tweet, except maybe CNN's. It's 100% unprofessional to put someone on blast publicly for applying for your business. Speaks to the environment over at CNN, especially if you happen to be a conservative. Literally think of that. If anybody else did that, you'd lose your job. You can't do that. There, are, These are the people that made the rules for you not to be able to do it. EO, EEOC, hiring process... HIPAA, that all came from Democrats. All Democrats. But he just put it out in the street because it's CNN. The funniest one, and I believe it's what we close on before going to fire effect. And don't worry, I'm not talking about the midterms today. I just can't do it. There's still so many conspiracy theories on the left and suppression and all the stuff that just kills me. But Megan Murphy is a huge Canadian feminist and um from my recollection i i think we've covered her on the show a couple times well this happened to her violating our rules again hateful conduct you may not promote violence against threaten or harass other people on the base of race ethnicity national origin sexual orientation gender gender identity religion affiliation age disability or serious disease 
Megan Murphy said men aren't women, though. How are trans women not men? What is the difference between a man and a trans woman? Megan Murphy. These are all her tweets. This is fucking bullshit, Twitter. I'm not allowed to say that men aren't women or ask questions about the notion of transgenderism at all anymore. That is a multi-million, billion dollar company is censoring basic facts and silencing people who ask questions about this dogma is insane. Now, just think about that for a second. This is an uber lefty saying the things we're saying. So an article, a Canadian feminist who has supported the Me Too movement but has opposed a bill that would encode gender identity and gender expression in Canadian law, fiercely revealed that Twitter wouldn't let her say that men are not women. Megan Murphy founded the feminist blog and podcast Feminist Current in 2012 and tweeted in October, men aren't women though, and how are men trans women not men? What is the difference between men and women? She then tweeted, what are we allowed to say? How the fuck is simply saying men aren't women hateful? I'm losing my goddamn mind over this. Enjoy your brave new world, social justice warriors. Here's your fucking social justice. Trans activists have been targeting my account for a few months now. Either someone at Twitter or with an in at Twitter has been combing through old tweets and reporting them for hateful contact conduct. Twitter seems to instantly shut my account down without a second thought. In 2017, Murphy testified before a Canadian Senate against the C-16 pronoun legislation, stating in part that the right of women and girls to being pushed aside to accommodate a trend, and that trend, treating gender as though it, it's either internal or personal choice is dangerous as it completely misunderstands how and why women are opposed under patriarchy as a class of people. In order to regain full access after being violated, Twitter rules regarding hateful conduct, Murphy deleted the tweet. She then complained publicly to Twitter, asking if the, she was no longer permitted to report facts on the social media platform. For this, Murphy claims that she was suspended for a half a day and told by Twitter to delete her public complaint. In October, Murphy sent out a pair of tweets in which she questioned the trans movement writing men aren't women and asked how are trans women not women same tweets repeated it murphy was notified by twitter on november 15th that her tweets had once again violated the company's hateful conduct rule after leading the alleged hateful treat murphy took her complaint to twitter and we already read it blah 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 blah, blah. <clears throat> then hi everyone i've been locked out by twitter since monday morning they demand i remove the viral tweet complaining about having been locked out at last week for saying that men aren't women the tweet was at like twenty thousand likes so i guess they don't like that in any case i would like to announce that i've changed my mind about some things brace yourself i'm tired of the right equals bad left equals good dichotomy things are not as simple as that it is not good to limit ourselves to engage only with those who already agree with us it is intellectually boring and will not encourage the development of good coherent evidence-based ideas politics and policies Right-wing media has been the only media to cover Twitter's attempts to silence me and has been the only media to reach out to me. Mainstream liberal progressive media continues to refuse to even acknowledge that feminists have a critique of the transgender ideology. In Canada, at least, the media and more broadly progressive, the left refuse to say a word about the harassment, bullying, silencing, and threats against those of us who do speak out. The cowardice is appalling. I'm not abandoning my principle, but I will grant the right or free speechers or whatever you want to call them is that at least they are interested in engaging with those they may disagree with on various issues. 
The left, on the other hand, wants an echo chamber. It's not only boring, but it's unproductive. How the fuck are you going to get anywhere by ignoring what so many in the world think and believe, or by simply vilifying those who don't toe the line? That could have been written by Ben Shapiro. Because she's spot on. Ben Shapiro, of course, grabbed this and reported it and tweeted. So Twitter is now banning people for stating the basic scientific fact that men are women and women are men are women. Men are men and women are women. Let me get that right. And that men cannot become women simply by thinking themselves so. Twitter versus reality. I've been reliably informed by Twitter that trans women are real women, so even if the allegations are true, Dwight Howard is straight as the day is long. Sexual dysmorphism is the basis of human reproduction, is fundamental to scientific understanding of health, and is not subjective. Twitter can fight science, but as a Catholic church learned with regard to the Earth-centric universe, it doesn't go well. Now banned on Twitter, a woman is a biological woman. Not banned on Twitter. The Jews are termites. Jack, you're destroying your company. Remember, Farrakhan's tweet's still there. So what do you think the trans people did? Per usual, you're emitting a lot of information and presenting this in a way that suits your backward opinion. You, Ben, are far more dangerous threat to human rights than most people give you credit for. Is your science from 2012? In the past two years, it has been proven There's a biological element to transgenderism. Why do you hate transgender people so much? It's ironic how conservatives complain about big government, yet you want to control people's identities. And that's not what he said. Then the hashtag, hashtag trans men are not women. I gave birth to three children. Only FTM trans people can accomplish this. Because women have uteruses and ovaries. Science. Reality says, why should a man be able to change gender to a woman without the joys of periods, childbirth with no meds twice and not by choice, anti-gravitational boobs, perimenopause, leaking when laughing, and finally, menopause. Now, to some of you, this is boring and like, why the fuck is he covering this? But remember, those that have been with the show since the beginning... There's only a few of you, because not a lot of people listen. Let's be honest. I talk like there's a bunch of people listening, and there's just not. Uh, I know I'm just a Bush League podcast. But I read a long excerpt from this community. I mean, within this community, they fight about stuff. This is the dregs of society, all right? This whole trans movement is 0.07% are the real people that don't know what gender they are, and they're mentally really fucked up. And then there's maybe, say, 3% of the population that's just eating this shit up. Eating it up. And the media is included in that 3%. So your Chuck Todd's, your Don Lemons, they're all into this because it's a wedge issue that they can use to bash conservatives. But they don't have their shit together. And within that podcast, and I don't remember which one it was, I probably should have researched that so I could told those that want to listen, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, they hate cis-normative women, and cis-normative women hate this movement because, like the Women's March, we, we, we brushed it briefly, they're getting full carte blanche to get the respect of being women. They're not. So they're kind of 
getting first place at the liberal table, and they don't go through any of the shit that, you know, there is no onslaught of transgenders getting killed. It's a lie. They, they do one or two and say that that happened, and they say, well, he was killed because he was trans, or she was killed because she was trans. The court proves that's not true, but nobody ever reports on this shit. Nobody goes back and reports on anything. Uh, we got something for this uh, <clears throat> invasion to the South where literally they, not to tip my hat, but they show them throwing rocks at the police and doing all, they're protesting in Mexico. Media ignored it. Univision covered it, but everybody else ignored it because they don't want it to be against their thing. So that is the two-step with the media. They constantly don't go back and actually tell the truth or if the truth comes out they drop the subject and you you don't hear about it so most of these cases that were supposed transgender beatings harassment whatever they proved not to be true but they still run with it the trans are being murdered in the streets yeah they are in like costa rica you know brazil but in america that's not happening but they say it anyway but the reality of the matter is, to be a woman, you have to reap, you know, I, I tweeted on this thread, and surprisingly, I, I didn't get nuked for it, but I tweeted on it, everything on this planet reproduces. It either reproduces with itself, or it reproduces with a opposite genitalia. And those that reproduce with themselves have both genitalias. It's fucking science. So you can think you're a woman, but you can't be a woman because you'll never have ovaries in a uterus because they can't transplant that. Or you can think you're a man, but you're never going to produce sperm, thus you'll never really be a man. You can think it, and you can do it, and I have no problem, do it. I say it all the time. If you want to be a goat... Go fucking be a goat. I don't fucking care. It's your life. If you want to fuck a goat, get your fucking goat fucking on. I don't care. But telling the rest of the world, and there's actual tweets in this shit, scientifically it's been proven and we cover it. We have some more on the back of the show with the whole crazy science magazines are saying that transgenderism is normal and it's part of society it's part of science no it's not it's not so i i think it's amazing to cover stories where the left finally sees how crazy they have become you are word police and twitter a multi-billion dollar company is now suspending people and calling it hate For just saying, men can't be women. That's not hate. That's fact. You can't. You can manufacture a vajayjay out of a penis. It's not a vajayjay. It's like getting a facelift. It's just a bunch of skin put in a formation that looks like a vagina. But it's not a vagina. It'll never reproduce. It'll never have periods. It's not real. You can do that, though. I mean, it's your world. You can do what you want. Nobody's saying you can't do it. Nobody's disparaging you for doing it. 
But, you know, I think, um, and I'll be surprised if he doesn't get um, banned. Um, major conservatives pushing a picture right now that um, I said to my wife, I don't know what it is. It says name the gender. It's a woman, I think. But it's freak. And I think that's what it comes down for normal people. And I'm going to say because I don't give a fuck. You know, SoundCloud's not going to ban me for saying this. If I said it on Twitter, I can't. These people are the uber freaks in the world. They're just freaks. And there's nothing wrong with that. I said it on the show. We all have freak in us. Everybody has a little freak. Your freak might not be my freak. Or my freak might make you want to vomit. Whatever. The problem with this crowd and the far left and the media, they believe you have to accept that freak. You have to embrace that freak. You have to say that freak is normal. No. I repeat. Green Bay Packers, Oregon Ducks, brisket. I expect nobody in the world to only eat brisket, only root for the Oregon Ducks and the Green Bay Packers. That's not how the world works. And that's what this is. It's not a real thing. It's a fad. It's a trend. It's cool to be trans or gay. The left did that in their culture war. Hasn't won them a lot of elections, but it's you know, you don't see a lot of people out there going, I'm running on trans rights. You know, it's not happening. But you can't expect the world to embrace it. So, yeah, no. So, we're going to go into fire effect. Big um, dose of Thanksgiving. I, some more stuff came out. But right on this, you're going to hear a song. And it is Macy's. And for those that, once again, have been with the show, I went on about kinky boots where I... Was a huge Macy's customer. Bought stuff for my wife. I wrote them a complaint about kinky boots. Because my grandkids are very young. And they did ask me. Why are those guys in dresses? Um, this was prior to my daughter being. You know. On the outs with me. Where you know. If I talked about politics. It was a big deal. And I would just say. They're just pretending. And I kind of played it off. And I was just shocked. That they would do this on a, a family event. Well. They went all in. And they decided for a Christmas event to start off the holiday fe- holiday season, they were going to jump on a Hollywood play that literally was about gays. It was about two females, transgender, whole concept, because a girl's dressed as a boy and a, a you know girl is a girl, and and it was called the prom. And yeah, that's that's how Macy started to go.
Thanksgiving is coming, and not a moment too soon. This national day to give thanks was actually designed for times just like those we are living. I'll prove it. Let's start with the current president today, citing the correct message for the coming Thanksgiving. This is a time for Americans to unite together in a spirit of love, understanding, unity, and joy as one very proud American family. True. Does he practice what he preaches? Certainly not enough. But that's not the point of this Thursday, nor should the president be the focus. In fact, the designers of the day would insist on that. Thanksgiving was made to be bigger than anything and anyone. Yes, it was actually done as an offset a reminder of gratitude during the worst of times. In fact, especially then. The pilgrim references, it's all true, all applies. 1621, the 53 pilgrims, the 90 or so Native Americans, the days of feasting after the first harvest, all true. But that's not what Thursday is really about. Their plight, their coming together with strangers, that is much more metaphor than a true measure of the reason that we celebrate it when and how we do. President Washington started by calling for a day of public thanksgiving and praise, not to commemorate the pilgrims, but to help people then keep perspective in the midst of a particularly tough time of lean crops and illness. When he looked around him and surveyed the distress, he said, you know what? As bad as it is, we have to give thanks. Look where we are. Look what we escaped. Look how good things still can be. The pilgrims were a touchstone. They were a metaphor for perseverance, but the message was about those early Americans seeing the promise, promise of what they were building through their pain, the darker moments of deprivation, to give them some perspective, some promise. Yeah, the, the second was basically um, Cuomo, we're, we're just a fucked up country. Okay. So, you know, I did some research before I got into the article about what they did, and, and once again, this is just all part of the left's agenda. We've shown it on the show. They've gotten with Nielsen. They've gotten with Hollywood. We need to make abortion normal. We need to push gay and transgender. Um, have a story on our news and social media nugget. Uh, this is us. Ten-year-old girl comes out gay on the show. They're just, it's all to push an agenda. Um, they, they, that's what they want to do. They want these wedge issues so they could try to win elections. You know, I don't know why. You got what you wanted. You got gay marriage, even though... 37 states said no, and if you did it a referendum, probably by a, a plurality of 55, 56, maybe 58% of America would say no, we didn't want gay marriage. You pushed it. You got what you wanted. But it's even worse than just the agenda because the gay power behind the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, that, that's an article that came up when I... And, and understand... This takes a lot of time to find anything negative about these subjects. If you search why Macy's all in on gay stuff or Macy's Day Parade promotes gay lifestyle, they're going to do the positive stories. The mainstream media ignored the story. It's like it didn't even happen. They didn't even promote it, which I was surprised. To them, it's a nothing burger, two women kissing. Um, But I found this on The Advocate. And it starts like this, while you're warm and dry indoors or lucky enough to be wet and chilly Thanksgiving Day in New York City, Amy Cool and Bill Shermerhorn, both 2012 Out 100 honorees, are two of the openly gay masterminds behind the big event. 
as creative director for Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Shermer Horn puts the spectacle into spectacular. And there you got it. It's by design. So Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, thanks, not God, for first gay kiss. This comes from 50s S Dad. Today in a parade for holiday that Christians celebrate as thanks to God and most celebrate as thanks for sanctioned gluttony, your family-friendly retail giant celebrated The Prom, a musical that celebrates how small-minded you are for thinking that a lesbian taking her girlfriend to the prom is just wrong. Yes, you are the problem. You unwoke bigots sigh. I miss America. That was a comment on that article. Then there's, this is actually from Out, the 10 gayest moments in Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Understand, this is done by homosexuals, not by conservative bigots, as the media likes to call them. The Village People, 1978, yeah. Marble Comics Dance Squad, Cheetah Rivera performs Kiss of the Spider Woman, The Pink Panther, Harvey Feinstein and Drag. Keith Herring, Love Balloon. The Priscilla, Queen of the Desert cast. Johnny Weir in his bejeweled splendor. Spider-Man and Uncle Sam on the Nightmare Before Parade. The Kinky Boots cast. Yeah. So I just want to make sure you understand this. Macy's announces store closings 2017 and 2018. Overall, 78 of their stores are going to be closed. This all started in 2011 when they did Kinky Boots. There were whole boycotts called for. There's still websites. You can Google them. But in this year alone, California, 14 stores, Connecticut, 2, Florida, 7, Georgia, 2, Hawaii, 2, Idaho, 3, Illinois, 4, Indiana, 1, Kentucky, 2, Louisiana, 2, Maine, Maryland, 1 apiece, Massachusetts, 4, Michigan, 5, Minnesota, Missouri, and Nevada, all 1 apiece, New Jersey, 4, New Mexico, 1, New York, Liberal Center, 10. North Carolina, 3, North Dakota, 1, Ohio, 8, Oklahoma, 2, Oregon, can't get any more liberal. Four. Pennsylvania, nine. Texas, it's turning blue, right? That's what they tell you. Ten stores. Utah, three. Vermont, one. Virginia, eight. Washington, the the state, three. And Wisconsin, two. Is it because America's transphobic or homophobic? No. Has nothing to do with it. It's inappropriate for a family event to push your fucking gay agenda. That's inappropriate. The backlash of Kinky Boots shows that their ratings are down 25% since 2011. Every year. It hasn't improved. It just hasn't improved at all because you pissed off middle America. The, The places that... Aggregate and reported say it went up 1.8% and it started with 22 million viewers. But if you go to Twitter and online, the moment they push the prom, people shut it off. A conservative site said it then went down to 8 million viewers. 
eight. But if you sum up what's happened since 2011 to now, they say it's the best 11 years they've ever had at it together. That's what they say on this, the wrap and deadline. But it's not so. And when we talk bottom line, it's clearly obvious something hurt Macy's. And it started in 2011 when they decided, hey, fuck middle America. We're going to go to the demos that we care about, just the coasts. And they're just down. They're just down. I read a local article. Sorry to drink some. Um, for Nashville store. And they've laid off 25% of their staff. To remain open. So once again, not homophobia and transphobia. It is just the reality. It's a holiday special. Which we'll see. They still piss off gays and the far left. Because, you know, the Snoopy gang isn't having a fucking trans orgy in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, Articles that came out. HuffPo, psychologist explains how to deal with the nightmare that is Thanksgiving dinner. Another article, how to have a sustainable Thanksgiving. What to do about your racist as fuck uncle at Thanksgiving. Asked Dad's regular parenting column by the author speaker, Dwayne Richards, a I hate white person guy. Um, and it goes a little something like this. My parents are hosting Thanksgiving dinner for about 20 people this year, including my uncle, who has extremely inflammatory political views. Last year at Christmas, he joked with my husband, see, he's gay, that if President Trump built his border wall, my husband would be working on a Mexican farm instead of here in the United States as a sales executive. My husband, who's Hispanic, is an American citizen. I'm a liberal white woman. Well, that's not the picture they put. They showed a fucking guy, but okay. Then during the 4th of July, my uncle put mega hats on our three-year-old twin boys without us knowing, took a quick photo and posted it on a social media page with the caption, this is one way to keep kids out of cages. He later removed them at my anger request, and we haven't seen them since. My mom, also liberal, excuses her brother's behavior as, as him being silly, but it's anything but silly, and I'm worried a physical altercation will occur if his antics continue. So, this is a letter to the, the black guy, um, the anti-white person, because I've read his columns, Dorian Richards, and the picture they put was of a black guy for this woman's letter, which they fucked it all up. First of all, nobody should ever post photos of someone else's kids on social media without the parents' permission. That's straight out of Common Sense 101. Secondly, your uncle jokes about kids in cages and your husband working on Mexican farms are racist as fuck. This is, this is Huppo, you know, racist as fuck. That's Okay. Today's political climate is completely different from that of a few years ago. This isn't just about a Republican versus Democratic or conservative versus liberal anymore. It's about basic humanity. Oh. <laughs> I'm also a liberal, and I have a lot of friends with conservative views, but I'm still friends with many of them. Why? Because they denounce racism, bigotry, misogyny at every turn. But I've had to purge many others in my life who support hateful politi- politicians simply because they promised to appoint a conservative Supreme Court justice or because they vow to criminalize abortion, or because they're similarly low-key racist. 
You can't say you care about marginalized groups and then cast votes that make their lives more difficult. It doesn't work that way. By no means am I advocating violence here, but your uncle's behavior is going to result in an ass getting kicked someday when he pulls that nonsense with the wrong person. And the last person you want delivering the ass kicking is your husband on Thanksgiving at a family event. Since the gathering's at your mom's house, I start by talking to her about your uncle's behavior and draw a very distinct line in the sand. No, don't tell her that she needs to make her home a politics-free zone. It's good to have people show their true colors. Instead, tell her the see, if he says no politics and they can't push their bullshit. Instead, tell her the movement. The moment your uncle unleashes offensive garbage towards your family, you're going to grab your kids and leave. Your mom might say you're overreacting or being too sensitive, but I don't think having a zero tolerance policy for racism qualifies as either. And if she's worth a damn as a grandmother, she will do whatever it takes to ensure her children and her grandchildren are comfortable as possible. That said, if she fails to get the message across to her brother, and if he does something offensive, you need to make a scene. Not a square up and flip the furniture scene, mind you, but enough to call out his behavior. And it won't take much using the Mexican farmer comment. For example, you should respond, Why would you say something like that? My husband's an American citizen, just like you. I'm not going to tolerate this behavior any longer. I'd rather spend Thanksgiving with my family alone in a hotel than here with you. Then grab your stuff and bounce. Don't let anyone try to change your mind. You're, you gave your mom a warning, and she didn't make her point clear. Head out the door, and don't look back. Okay. CNN. It's, CN, uh, it's Thanksgiving, but Americans' family fights are nothing new. There's no question we're divided in a partisan nation, partly because CNN's so liberal that they push their bullshit and tell everybody else they're pieces of shit, but they take no response for that. Oh, I added that in. Bickering among ourselves, tweeting at each other, and vigorously defending our own particular tribe. But it is hyperbole all its own to claim this polarization is something new. To be sure, there's a lot argue about these days, but we do ourselves in the progress of the country no favors when every argument becomes personal, when every talking point becomes an attack, and when every opponent becomes the devil. Then they tweeted all day how fucking horrible most of America is. The other article, 11 things you'll fight over this Thanksgiving besides politics. Don't fear the vegan at your Thanksgiving table was another one. And then they proved their true worth. The story of Thanksgiving is a story of a migrant caravan. Jay Perani for CNN Opinion actually wrote this. Thanksgiving is a holiday that should, above any other holiday, remind us vividly of our history, including the part that is personal, how we, each of us, would wound up as Americans. So many of us were refugees from oppression. I count my family in this group. The native population welcomed us, and it's now in our DNA as a nation-state that we are the one place in the world where all people fleeing injustice and poverty and violence will, to the degree we can manage this, be given a warm welcome. We've all benefited immeasurably from immigrants who have struggled to come to our shores. These are hardworking and well-intentioned people willing to give everything they have to honor a nation founded on the principle that all men are created equal. Somebody replied, the premise is garbage. Migrant caravan is not fleeing systematic religious persecution. America was not a nation with sovereign borders in the 1600s. It wasn't even a nation. And pilgrims not funded by left groups with political agenda, which is totally true. But being that we're talking about the gay times, we you know, it's either immigration for CNN occasionally, and then it's the gay stuff, and we've just ignored black people altogether. We don't care about black people if we're liberals. We've just gone straight for the gay transgender shit. Vice News took it to the next fucking level. 
the pilgrims were queer. Yeah. That's an actual article. As you sit down for turkey, corn, and arguments with relatives at Thanksgiving this year, take a moment to give thanks to Thomas Morton, who founded what could be considered America's first queer hippie colony in 1625. I just read that. Today, Marymount is a quiet neighborhood of Quincy, Massachusetts. Resident explained that the name is an English translation of its original name, Pasagagesete, but bless their hearts, the truth may be more exciting. According to historians and original records, the pilgrims founded in an unusual queer society, one that wasn't straight up accepting of all that queerness per se, but had a more complicated relationship with it than you might think. In fact, an historian note, the name Marymount is Latin for erect phallus. Quite a coincidence, given the men erected an 80-foot pole in the center of the town, which was supposed to be a penis because they like sucking dick, is what they're trying to say in this article. Though our modern understanding of sexuality would have been completely foreign to them, early European immigrants experienced same-sex attraction, just as we do today, and they had queer sex, entered queer relationships, and formed queer households in a way that are surprisingly familiar. They prove that... Nowhere in this article. No. Facts are unnecessary when you're trying to do a straw man. PolitiFact. If conversations turn to politics Thanksgiving, these few topics are likely to come up. Pre-existing conditions, the border wall, or election fraud. Only you can prevent dinnertime political misinformation, and they had their checklist for liberals because they can't form their own arguments. They have to get them all from the DNC. The root, I'll give the root, you know, the root, you don't see a lot of gay love in the root, all right? They're not down with the gays. The down low is not really what they like. So they just went straight out of whitey. Dear Caucasians, if you're attending Thanksgiving with black families, remember that our Thanksgiving has nothing to do with the colonization and genocide of Native Americans. Ours is semi, semi-religious semi ritual based on food, family, and sweet potato pie. Because you whiteies don't eat greens, macaroni and cheese, and sweet potato pie. Because you're white. Okay, that's like all black people don't eat mayonnaise. Okay. Whatever. New York Times. How to have a conversation with your angry uncle over Thanksgiving. There's all this uncle shit. Well, they don't like uncles. I'm building to the crescendo on this. Thanksgiving, a celebration of genocide, says campus groups. The University of Oregon, it it had to be Oregon, didn't it? Student groups are holding an event titled Thanks But No Thanksgiving Decolonization an American Holiday. The event is aimed at decolonizing Thanksgiving, claiming the holiday is a celebration of ongoing genocide. We're still killing people, supposedly. But the the big one... The big cajone, big tamale, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving is now racist. Yes, not watching Charlie Brown Thanksgiving anymore. Another holiday classic has been slapped to the label racist by SJWs or supposedly marginalizing the token black character on a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. 
People on social media have expressed outrage over the fact that the lone black character, Franklin, in a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, appears seated differently, just opposed to the white characters during the famous dinner scene where Charlie Brown serves popcorn and toast to his hungry guest instead of turkey and stuffing. From the hill! Well. Now, the funny thing is, I watched the... I, I hated Charlie Brown Thanksgiving as a kid. I thought it was stupid. I liked the Christmas one. I never got into the one where they're, they're pilgrims and all that shit. But I, we decided to watch this. And I want to say my better half said, I bet somebody's going to get pissed off because Franklin had to sit on the yard chair. The lawn chair. And I, it's so funny that it turned out to be true. So from the hill, the scene in question has four characters from Schultz's iconic peanut cartoon. Sally, Charlie Brown, Peppermint Patty, and dog Snoopy. Not Snoop Dogg. Sitting on one side of a makeshift outdoor table for Thanksgiving dinner with Marcy at the one end and Linus at the head. The cartoon's lone black character, Franklin, is on his own side of the table seated on a lawn chair. Comicbook.com was the first to flag the reaction to the scene on social media. This is the left. They talk about the uncles fucking up Thanksgiving, but they're deconstructing a cartoon. I want you to understand it. A cartoon for kids and saying there was inherent racism and institutional racism in it. But here's some of the comics. Not watching Charlie Brown Thanksgiving anymore until they sit some people on the other side of the table as Franklin, said one Twitter user. How come Franklin, Charlie Brown's only black friend, black friend, sits alone on the other side of the table in a lawn chair, said another user. Am I woke now? Why is Franklin in Charlie Brown Thanksgiving sitting all by himself at the table? Man, things that I did not notice as a child, said another. One Twitter user said the scene was reminiscent of the film Get Out, a story about rich white liberals who insert their brains into black people's bodies. Let's talk about Franklin, dude. Gets invited to Charlie Brown by Peppermint Patty. Then he finds out that it wasn't a real invite. A dog is cooking the food, and he's got to sit by himself at dinner. That's Get Out. Let's talk about Franklin. Dude gets invited to Charlie Brown. Oh, well, they, I guess they put it in there again. Of course, all of them have no idea what on earth they're talking about. Fortunately, black journalist Jeremy Hilliger cleared it up on Friday when he noted that the character Franklin had prime seating in the other episodes of Peanuts. A relevant, a relevant aside, during the farewell dinner about one hour and five minutes into 1972, Snoopy comes home. Franklin was seated on the same side of the table as Charlie Brown, Lucy, and Frida in a regular chair, Helger said on Medium. The historical significance of the character Franklin cannot be understated. His creation was reportedly demanded by Charles Schultz following the assassination of Martin Luther when a teacher named Harry Glickman sent him a letter. When asked why the head of the cartoon publisher United Feature Syndicate, if he was sure he wanted to add a black character, Glickman said Schultz replied, either you run it in the way I drew it or I quit reported the hill the schultz museum also celebrated franklin's 50th anniversary in july he had never been treated like a token black character added for cheap lip service to diversity and has always been a valued member of the peanut gang our charlie brown's thanksgiving is not the only holiday classic left has skewered as a race as being racist in recent years in 2016 salon.com denounced a christmas story as a racist vehicle of white nostalgia, 
is a perfect depiction of a non-white other tailored to the conservative and superficial colorblind politics of post-civil rights era. This is an example of white racial frame and action. People of color are present in a way that does not challenge the cultural and personal psychology of white racial innocence. They're present without any objectable or intrusive ways. They present no threat to the way whiteness and memory combined and nurture a nostalgia for simpler time that is actually did not exist. Fortunately, no ban of a Christmas story ever came about. Hopefully a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving will enjoy the same fate. Yeah. But we need to talk about your conservative uncle everywhere. We everywhere we have to talk about it. Having an opinion that doesn't jive with you. It goes back to the Murphy lady. It is an echo chamber. And it's just so funny that my wife and I agree that I bet somebody would get pissed off that he's sitting on the lawn chair. And that's how far liberals have gone. Cartoons are racist. But the one positive about Thanksgiving is that ESPN, like Macy's, wants to push their liberal agenda. And just understand, this year alone, 2 million subscribers have dropped ESPN. Just let that sit. So, let's go into uh, some other than Thanksgiving. Here is uh, Laura Ingram talking about Susan Powers. Kristen Powers, I'm sorry. It's one thing to just be intolerant and have your own views and say, I'm just not, I'm not interested in what other people think and I'm not going to talk to them. I, I think that's a problem and that's bad. It's an extra step to say that people cannot say or express things that you disagree with. And that's what this book is about. It's about this, this uh, not only do they not want to hear it, they don't want anyone else to hear it. Now that was Kirsten Powers when she was selling a book called The, the Silencing, How the Left is Killing Free Speech. She felt very strongly about it at the time. She actually wrote that in the book, you know, the book title. And now how things have changed, just three years. Now Kirsten Powers is doing her own silencing and berating white women who voted for Trump. Hmm. They'll say, well, I'm not racist. I just voted for him because, you know, I, I, I didn't like Hillary Clinton. Uh, and I just want to say that that's not, that doesn't make you not racist. It actually makes you racist. Okay, you follow that logic. We didn't even get to the patriarchy part of that. All right, joining me now with a reaction, Monica Crowley, Washington Times opinion editor and Democratic strategist Rochelle Ritchie. Monica, let's start with you. Kirsten isn't the only pundit making this claim, but she might be the most surprising given some of her past work. Your thoughts? I've known Kirsten for years, and I like and respect her very much, but I'm incredibly disappointed in her remarks here. She seems to have dutifully submitted to to CNN and its insane, dishonest agenda. Here's a direct statement. They'll say, well, I'm not racist. I just voted for him because I didn't like Hillary Clinton. And I just want to say, that's not, that doesn't make you not racist. It actually makes you racist. That was on Thanksgiving Day. Just want to make sure you understand that. Bette Midler, and how was your Black Friday? No injuries, I hope. It's incredible that we have to fight over stuff. If there was a decent minimum wage or if workers were treated fairly and got a tiny portion of the kinds of salaries and bonuses CEOs pay themselves, we wouldn't. Because supposedly 
back in the day when cabbage patches were fought over, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a thing. Just under Trump, now we have that. Black Friday mayhem, brawl, shot fire, guards beating black angry hordes, Merry Christmas. That quaking beneath your feet is not a stampede. It's a march of a hungry consumer barging through the local Best Buy in pursuit of 50% off smart TVs on Black Friday. Nothing quite says Merry Christmas like beating the living daylights out of a total stranger for staying the last Sally Wets Her Pants doll on the shelf. Gone are the days of gathering around the fireplace for some Nat King Cole and toasted chestnuts, and 2018 Black Friday is a ritual by which we welcome the most wonderful season of all, and this year start off with a bang. According to local reports, an altercation between two adults outside of foot action at River Chase Galleria in Alabama resulted in one death and two injuries after a 21-year-old male pulled out a gun and fired on everybody. The suspect shot an 18-year-old male once. A 12-year-old female was struck, though it was unclear when it occurred. The suspect, a 21-year-old from Hueytown, fled following the shooting, and police say two nearby officers approached the suspect and shot and killed him. According to police, the 18-year-old victim is a UAB with serious injuries and 12-year-old females being treated at Children's Hospital. They recovered the gun in Santa's village. Witnesses saying the shooting occurred between JCPenney and Foot Action. But that wasn't the other one. They had all over the place, varying Walmarts with fights and brawls. One, they showed an unspecified city, customers wrestling over a stack of television sets. Another video of another Walmart showed two men fighting as their significant others cursed them out. The video shows security guards pushing customers back as they stampede through the store. According to Business Insider, Black Friday sales are expected to be the strongest in years. Retail stocks were mixed following projections. Black Friday 2018 will be the strongest in years. Total spending on Black Friday weekend was expected to climb 5.7%. Versus a year ago, $59.6 billion. So, on the Jim Acosta front, a liberal judge suspended the ban, because that's a thing they can do, supposedly, which doesn't exist in law, but go ahead. And he's going to be allowed to come back, but the new... Rules are as follows. A journalist called upon to ask a question will ask a single question and then will yield the floor to other journalists. At the discretion of the president or other White House officials taking question, a follow-up question or questions may be permitted. And where a follow-up has been allowed and asked, a reporter will then yield the floor. Yielding the floor, including when applicable, physically surrendering the microphone to White House staff to use by the next questioner. Failure to abide by any rules may result in suspension or revocation of the journalist's hard past. The reason why they got it was because there weren't rules. We have to make rules for CNN. So how is that countered? This is the CNN tweet. The White House is continuing to violate the First and Fifth Amendment of the Constitution. These actions threaten all journalists and news organizations. Acosta and CNN will continue to report the news. Down the bottom, Trump, Trump targets Acosta ouster again. Press access to the White House is grounded very much in tradition rather than rules. So the lead is, fuck him. But the facts are, this is not a thing you have to do. There doesn't have to be a camera. There doesn't have to be time for him to push his liberal agenda. It doesn't have to. But 
There's other articles that the White House is trying to get a different judge. This is just the most ridiculous thing ever. And that our legal system allows judges just to politically make decisions based on they don't like the president shows we have a major problem in the judicial branch of our country. Where in the fuck in the... How is it violating the Fifth Amendment or the First Amendment to have Jim Acosta get on the stage and be a douche? How? So, CNN brought on an Obama press secretary, of course, to defend it. So we'll listen to that, and then we're going to go into Linda Sassar, because the worm is finally turned. Alyssa Milano has turned on this woman, due to all of a sudden everybody realizing what people have been saying for fucking two years, she's a fucking anti-Semite, but you can't hear that. On CNN. So here's two CNN back-to-backers. Listen, you were the deputy press secretary in the Obama administration, and most of us remember that. No doubt there were outlets or reporters that you and the president didn't like. But you didn't take their passes away, did you? Their press pass. Well, look, it wasn't even about who you liked and who you didn't like. Because there were plenty of people who, uh, you know, on a personal level you may have a good relationship with, but when they were in the briefing room or they were in press conferences with the president, they were very tough. Jake Tapper from CNN is one of those reporters. He was tough every single time he, he was in a press conference with President Obama. John Carl from ABC, Savannah Guthrie, April Ryan. You know, a lot of reporters came in there and were tough with the president, with uh, Robert Gibbs, who was my boss at the time, or me when I was at the podium. And that's part of the job. You can't get the kind of answers that the American people deserve without uh, being tough on the person who's answering the questions. And frankly, were it not for them to be so tough with us, they wouldn't have the credibility now to be in that press room and say, no, this is the standard. This is how we are Mm -hmm. with all presidents. And you can't kick them out, as the courts have already ruled. And so I do think CNN has a strong case, and I think this, this White House is in trouble for yet another reason. It's, it's interesting the people you, you know, are seasoned White House correspondents. I mean, April is still there, one of the deans of, uh, of the press corps, because she's been there for two decades or more and has seen a number of different presidents. And yet she is getting similar. To, even, he even mentioned her um, when he, you know, just out of the blue, when he was talking about uh, Jake, uh, not Jake, sorry, about uh, Jim Acosta when he mentioned taking his press credentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I mean, listen, uh, Helen Thomas, Bill... Sam Donaldson. I mean, they were irritants to presidents. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure those presidents wanted to tell them to sit down. And then this was in a, a press conference for. But do you remember when Reagan said, "I pay for that microphone"? Right. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, there are there are these. Just days after historic election for female candidates in America, at least 102 women elected to the House for next year. There is a fracture inside. The movement that's credited with launching the engagement of women. The founder of the Women's March is now demanding that her current co-chair step down over very troubling accusations. Joining us now is Teresa Shook. She is the founder of the Women's March movement. Teresa, thanks so much for being with us this morning. Tell us what happened. What, what went wrong? What's, what are you accusing your co-chairs of? Um, I, I don't really think I was accusing. Thank you for having me. Um, I just made a statement asking them to step down. Yes, but what did they do wrong? Um, There has been some feeling for quite some time that there was some anti-Semitism and hate speech and 
um, uh, uh, anti uh, homophobia remarks. It, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just if you could just be specific about what were those events? What specifically did your co-chair say or okay. do that was anti uh, yes, tree. Yes, uh, Tree of Life uh, happened, and then um, the Alyssa Milano came out, and Deborah Messing came out, and then the there was the German uh, NGO that uh, rescinded the award, and we are a global movement, and. Um, the relationship with Farrakhan and Hamas were troubling to many of the community and have been for a while, and so those were the reasons. Okay, so let me just try to connect some of the dots as well. So a week before the Tree of Life shooting, the shooting at that synagogue, um, Louis Farrakhan made public anti-Semitic statements. He said, I'm not an anti-Semite, I'm anti-termite. And, you know, all of your co-chairs put out a, a statement in response. So this is from Bob mm -hmm. Bland, this is from Carmen Perez-Jordan, this is from Linda Sarzar, this is from Tamika Mallory. And basically what they're trying to say is that we're in the process of learning, that there's a steep learning curve. So here's what they say. We are imperfect. We don't know everything, and we have caused harm. At times we have responded with hurt, but we are committed to learning. We are grateful for people who have been with us for the past two years wrestling with the challenges and opportunities of what we're trying to build. Our ongoing work speaks for itself. That's our focus, not armchair critiques from those who want to take credit for our labor. And so why isn't that good enough? I mean, they sound contrite. They're apologizing. They want to continue to learn. Why can't they stay on? Um, I'm not saying they can't. That's up to the community to decide. I was Speaking for myself, uh, there's been a huge outpouring of support for that statement. And so that's for the community. That's not for me to decide. That's for the community and the sister organizations to work out. But I will say that they have said that in the past. They make those statements and then nothing changes. So this all kind of starts because Democratic Congressman-elect Ilan Omar is now part of the BDS, boycott, disvestment of anybody that has anything to do with Israel. David Ruiz, freshman Democrat, is, squints at notes, a liar and an anti-Semite. Lovely. After winning election, Democrat Ilhan Omar now says she's part of the BDS movement. Omar had been taking some heat for that, so her pal Linda Sossauer swooping in to help her sister from another anti-Semite mister out. And forward opinion editor Boya Ungardi isn't quite sure how to process it. Linda Sossauer. We need you. Add your name and please post a message on all social media in support of Congressman-elect Ilian Omar. She's been attacked for saying that she supports BDS, Boycott, Divestment, Sanctions, and the right for people to engage in constitutionally protected freedoms. This is not only becoming from the right wing, but folks who masquerade as progressives, but also choose their allegiance to Israel over the commitment to democracy and free speech. You don't have to support BDS and have every right not to, but we cannot stand by idly while a brave black Muslim American woman is targeted for saying she will uphold the Constitution of the United States of America as a member of U.S. Congress. She is the kind of unapologetic leader we have been waiting for because she's an anti-Semite. So this bata, uger, blah, 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 Really, really, really disappointed to see this canard of dual loyalties for Linda Sossar. I don't know if she's subtweeting my piece, which actually defended 
her, but I'm pretty upset by this. What a portrayal of the intersectional ideal. Why does anyone think Sassar should be trusted by Jews? She's always been duplicitous and fair-weather friend where we're concerned. She likes the Jews who agree with her on everything, and the rest of us can go hang. I'm so sorry you're disappointed. How painful your disappointment must be for you. You had every reason to expect better, didn't you? How could she do this to you? Especially since you had defended a disgusting anti-Semite. Bacha. Just argue that Jews should set aside the reservations about the Women's March anti-Semite and stand with Sasar and others for the sake of social justice. And Sasar responds by calling her a dual loyalist. How anti-Semitism is threatening to unravel the Women's March. Since its inception... The Women's March has had a problem with anti-Semitism. Recent events that draw attention to these attitudes have previously percolated just below the surface. Now the leaders of the Women's March have a binary choice, either condemn anti-Semitism and force its leaders to sever relationship with those who espouse anti-Semitic beliefs or double down. On Monday, Women's March founder Tariq Shook called on current leaders of the movement to step down, saying they have steered the movement away from its true course by allowing anti-Semitism and other forms of bigotry in their ranks. None of this was reported in the media. You saw CNN. They defended her. Bob Bland, Tamika Mallory, Linda Sasser, and Carmen Perez of Women's March, Inc., have steered the movement away from its true course. I've waited, hoping they would right the ship, but they have not. In opposition to our unity principle, they have allowed anti-Semitism, anti-LGBTQIA sentiments, hateful, racist rhetoric to become part of the platform by the refusal to separate themselves from groups that espouse these racist, hateful beliefs. I call for the current co-chairs to step down to let others lead who can restore faith in the movement and its original intent. In response, the Women's March condemned their founder's remarks, saying that she had weighed in irresponsibly. Today, Shook weighed in irresponsibly and to have others' organizations attempting in this movement to take advantage of the growing pains to try to fracture our network. Groups that have benefited from our work but refuse to organize in accordance with our unity principle clearly have no interest in building the world, our principles, and vision. They have not done the work to mobilize women from diverse backgrounds across the nation. Last month, a shooter opened fire in the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, killing 11 people. The suspected shooter anti-Semitic statements drew the attention to Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan who has connections to the several Women's March leaders. In a recent speech, he said that Jews are termites. All right, we already talked this. Um, in an open letter, Sasar said the shooting was pushing members of the media to rehash old news. The Farrakhan controversy began eight months ago when Jake Tapper and Jonathan Greenblatt of ADL Exposed promoted a video of Farrakhan that had annual gathering for Nation Islam. She wrote, Then the horrific tree of life shooting happened that took the life of 11 innocent Jewish people and all of a sudden Women's March was being asked to condemn Minister Farrakhan. There was nothing new that happened between the Women's March and the ministers. Ties to Farrakhan aren't the Women's March only anti-Semitism problem. However, in a recent interview with Muslim girl, U.S. Representative-elect Ilham Omar confirmed that she supports BDS. In response to the backlash Omar received for her statement, Women's March leader Sarsar called the Jihad against the Trust Administration and once said that Zionists can't be feminists, posted the message that we just read to you. 
Um, in response, Women's March released a statement condemning Frank Farrakhan's comments, but defended Mallory and Sasser, saying they have risked their safety to build a bold direct action strategy that addresses the real threat against our communities and country, the threat of white nationalism, which is fueled by anti-black racism and anti-Semitism. JTA News, Jewish News. This I only cover this because this is liberalism. This is what's wrong with journalism today. The Women's March is wrong to target the fight against anti-Semitism, writes Daniel Saraki. That, that came from them. Lara Harov. It's so lovely that mainstream publications are promoting a person who threatened death to entire JP Post staff because we published opinion they didn't like. Airbnb goes anti-Semitic, targets Jewish businesses in Judea and Samaria. So, why do I cover it? Since its inception, Linda Sossar is an Islamist, thus she's anti-Semitic. And it's finally starting to get through the cracks. Alyssa Milano has called for her to leave the Women's March. It took forever for people to keep sending her articles that she wrote off as right-wing media to realize that lady's bad. She's an Islamist. Tamika Mallory's an Islamist. So if you're an Islamist, of course you hate the Jews. They hate Israel. They want to wipe it off the map. So that was interesting. Um, So I just jammed it in there because now we go to the big one. The Mexican caravan. Oh, the media is so involved in this one. So what you heard there was Mexican citizens protesting this invasion and basically saying Donald Trump was right. This is an invasion. It was then reported migrant caravan planning human stampede into America, one group 500 feet from the border, and then you heard it. They were throwing rocks and then they rushed the border. Who covered it? The AP covered it yesterday. Breaking U.S. agents fire tear gas. Migrants, after some tried to breach fence separating U.S. and Mexico, some pushing right to the fence shouting, yes, we can. 
They ignored it because of this whole, he's calling it an invasion. Univision covered the Mexican protesters. Our media ignored it. AP covered the stampede. I could find no tweets yesterday. None from the major news networks. They refused to cover it. They did not want to cover the fact that these people were trying to breach our border. But what did they cover? This is from NBC News. Dreams come true. Migrant caravan LGBTQ couples celebrate mass wedding. This is really a dream come true because you don't see this in our home country, says Guatemalan gay man. At least seven LGBTQ couples who traveled through Mexico with the migrant caravan commemorated their love during a symbolic mass wedding celebration in the border town of Tijuana. Guatemalan Pedro Namihiso Pastoro El Aralo and Honduras Eric Alexander Duran Jimenez were one of the couple who partook in the ceremony. Several Mexican states, such as Baja California, where Tijuana is located, recognized same-sex marriage after the Mexico Supreme Court ruled it in 2015, and the states can no longer ban it. This is an act of justice, said Hujo Carbadona, one of the three officiants of the Unitarian Universalist Church delegation who married the couple. The dream of marrying is an illusion for most of them. We are helping them make it reality. LGBTQ migrants have been fleeing their homes in Central America for years, mostly due to the disproportionate violence they face living in the Northern Triangle of Central America. In the countries of the Northern Triangle, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras already deal with the highest level of violence worldwide. Their murder rates are three to eight times over the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization considers a rate of 10 murders per 100,000 inhabitants. In 2016, El Salvador saw a murder rate of 81 per 100,000. Honduras, 59 and 100 and 27 per 100 in Guatemala. LGBT intersex people are particularly exposed to violence in Northern Triangle countries, said Amnesty International. This is related intrinsically to the multiple forms of discriminations that LGBT people face in the different spheres of the family working life. Roughly 80 people from Honduras, Nicaragua, El Salvador, and Guatemala arrived to Tijuana this past weekend alongside thousands of Central Americans. No time do they prove these gay people die more than the rest of the fucking people. Because there is no proof. It's a lawless world down there. But they were doing this angle. Because once again, fuck you African Americans. Fuck you Asians. Women of color, go suck a dick. We're about the gays. That was their angle. That's it. Then leaking out. And local news, illegal alien deported 15 times since an American jail for 1.5 years is hit and run case delays sentencing. Samuel Oliver Bruno, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico, sought refuge in a North Carolina church for 11 months. Then he was detained during a scheduled appointment with immigration officials. This went out on CBS News News. Their article, the advocacy group, Alberta Magrantio. North Carolina sent a statement that Oliver Bruno 
went to the fingerprints taken so he could apply to stay in North Carolina with his wife. He was living in Citywell United Methodist Church in Durham since 2017 to avoid the reach of immigration officers who generally avoid making arrests in churches and sensitive information. What they didn't say, I said Oliver Bruno, who has lived in North Carolina for two decades, had no legal basis to be in the U.S. and exhausted his extensive appeals. Oliver Bruno pled guilty in 2014 for false documents to re-entry the country. Didn't, didn't talk about that. Didn't talk about that at all. Didn't talk, they never talk about how these people are illegal. They're, they're illegal. Let me say it again. Illegal. And they always want to talk and push Democrat talking points like this gem from Cummings. Let me ask you about the president's potential deal with the incoming government of Mexico. It's not clear yet if they've totally signed off on this, but the idea that any asylum seekers uh, that come through Mexico seeking asylum would stay in Mexico until their court date in the United States. If the president cuts a deal with Mexico, are you supportive of that? No, no. I Why? think Because that's not the law. They, they, are, they should be allowed to come in, uh, seek asylum. That's the law. And, and, and we don't... Would you support changes? No. No, I, I, I think that we have a system that has worked for a long time. This president has come in, wants to change it. That's, that's up to him. But now the Congress has got to stand up, and hopefully they will. Do you think what he's doing is constitutional? I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I'm not, I don't think so, but we'll see. Immigration laws are working just fine. That's why Obama had to do the DACA against the Constitution. That's why we've been deporting people left and right, and Obama was the deporting president. Let's just review that we are the largest country in the world that has a a horrible, horrible immigration policies. People are illegally getting in here left and fucking right. We don't even know how many illegals we have. The estimate's 11 million illegal inhabitants. Yet if I illegally entered Mexico, I'd be in jail. And we're not talking county. We're talking gulag. Another big thing that happened, and it's our last one before we go to hate tweets. Um, During the Obama administration, anything bad was released on Friday. Anything they didn't want to talk about, they released it on Friday. So the Trump administration released the climate bullshit on Friday. He released it Thanksgiving Friday. And the media lost their goddamn mind on it. The weekend shows were just wrapped up in how horrible this is, how he doesn't care about baby fucking pandas, la da 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 da. So we'll go to hate tweets with a couple key bites. This climate shit, these people, you know, if you just pick one cause, maybe we'd listen to you, but you're all over the place, man. Everything is the end of the world. We need to also recognize that we just had two of the coldest years, the biggest drop in global temperatures that we've had since the 1980s, the biggest in the last hundred years. We don't talk about that because it's not part of the agenda. The United States has been dropping in CO2 emissions since we pulled out of Paris. There are actually good things that are happening. We are not using dirty coal anymore. It's the Europeans who are using dirty coal. There actually is some corporate leadership on this. Yes, we need to deal with these problems. Yes, we need to mitigate the things we 
see, but we shouldn't be hysterical. Alina, it does seem as if there's actually more corporate interest in doing something than there is government interest. Yeah, it's just the problem is it's not the corporations that are that are, are polluting the most. Um, and I actually think we should be hysterical. I'm going to disagree with you on this. <laughs> I think anybody who has children or anybody who can imagine having children and grandchildren, how can you look at them and think this is the kind of world that through our own inaction and our inability to do something that we're going to, going to leave them? I think I'm really glad that you're actually having us talk about this on this show because I think it was the height of cynicism to release this report on Black Friday uh, by the Trump administration. I, uh, uh, and I just think that at some point we, we are going to need not just the political leadership, but also the corporate leadership to actually sit down and do something about this. The fires in California are burning this quickly and this intensely because of climate change. Longer droughts, stronger winds and urban sprawl have made these fires worse. And do not kid yourself, it will keep getting worse every year until we as humans either find a solution or we move. Fires, floods, storms, famine, the effects of climate change are all around us. And according to a new essay penned by Bill McKibben, it is, shrink it is shrinking our world. Not livably, not literally, excuse me, but livably. The poorest and most vulnerable will pay the highest price, but already, even in the most affluent areas, many of us hesitate to walk across a grassy meadow because of the proliferation of ticks bearing Lyme disease, which have come with the hot weather. We have found ourselves unable to swim off beaches because jellyfish, which thrive as warming seas kill off other marine life, have taken over the water. The planet's diameter will remain 8,000 miles, and its surface will still cover 200 million square miles. But the Earth, for humans, has begun to shrink under our feet and in our minds. To scientists, the effects aren't surprising, but the response from all of us has been. We as a global society have turned the other way as our governments have either ignored or denied the problem. It has been going on for decades, and it's getting worse today. As the New Yorker's Jane Mayer so aptly put it today on Twitter, the West is on fire, the South is drowning, and Trump to nominate Andrew Wheeler, climate change denier and coal lobbyist, as permanent head of EPA. You've been discussing this, and you've been um, trying to, to make people hear you on climate change and start to do something about it and governments to start to do something about it for some time now. I read that New Yorker article today and I thought, gosh, how pointless is my life and how pointless is the, are the decisions that I'm making on a day-to-day -day basis when we are not focused on climate change every day when it's not leading every one of our newscasts. Well, thank you, Katie. It's great to be with you and I, and I really appreciate you bringing some attention to this issue. It's true. I mean, climate change is no longer a far-off, uh, subtle threat. It is impacting us now, where we live, in our daily lives. Right. The reality is, according to pretty much everybody, Michael, in your industry, yeah. there's no real debate. No, that's right. And we've, seen, we've heard this story before. Uh, back in the 1950s, the tobacco industry knew that their product was killing people, killing millions of people. And rather than owning up to that and doing something uh, about it, they simply doubled down um, in a campaign of uh, disinformation and deceit. Hey, tweet of the day! Let me ask you a question. A third of the country, a quarter of the country, angry, uh, intolerant, uh, hard to reconcile. But what do the rest of us have to do? 
wh how much intolerance do we tolerate in order to build bridges of empathy, to talk to people who are legitimately angry? Maybe not for the reasons that we believe, but they really are angry. They've not seen their wages go up while home prices go up and stock prices go up and the rich get richer. They, they, they see their, their incomes. You've studied this. You've, right. you've, you've done films about you this. You can't. Oh, first of all, it's hard. You can't build a bridge to a racist or a misogynist. You know, they have, they have to be shunned and treated like we treated smokers 20 years ago, 10 years ago. You know, I walked down the street the other day with my sister, and I said, let's just see how long we can go before we see somebody smoking. Not the people sitting outside the buildings desperate to right. grab five minutes. But li literally walking down the street, we, we walked 10, 20 minutes. There's <laughs> never not a smoker. Racist and misogynist shunned. But the but the but conservatives, Republicans, whatever, who do care about this country and are not bigots, they're just rightfully uh -huh. angry. We can reach out to them and say, "Come on, it's it's we can create a good. Give us a chance. We'll create this good America, and it'll look like the real America." I just want to once again go back to Cummings because I thought of something when I was I was mixing this this little section here. You, if a Republican said that, you think Chuck Toad? would allow them to get away with that crap? Jesus Christ. So we start our hate tweets with Michael Moore. We must shun everybody who's a Trump supporter because they're racist. I think you've already done that, Mike, and it didn't work because most people are digging their heels that you're the racist. You fucking hate white people. You hate conservatives. You hate Christians. You hate everything. You're a piece of shit, dude. Actress Amber Tamblyn of Sisters of the Traveling Pants recalled the night that someone called the Feminist AF Reading Series Sunday, and the Hollywood Reporting gave a summary of each participant offering, including Tamblyn's fear that she might have to give her baby daughter to Canadian or a Swede. Amber Tamlin says she had a mid-pregnancy post-election panic attack and imagine having to give her baby to Canadians to save it for Trump. As the night wore on, it became clear Clinton was facing a steep challenge to the presidency. I swigged some more Zantac. My baby shoved her foot in my ribs as if to foreshadow the pain that was yet to come, Tamlin read. Her line, Katy Perry anxiously chewed a celery stick, drew some laughs. When Clinton's director of strategic communication informed Javis Center attendees that Clinton would not be speaking, Tamlin came to the grim conclusion. A dark realization swallowed me. I was going to bring a baby into this world, and not just my, any baby, a girl. Tamlin recalled imagining she'd give her baby away. I don't know who she is, but I'll never watch anything ever again. If that's how you are as a person, Jesus fucking Christ, get a grip. Then there's Martha Stewart. My very first Uber I ordered, the most expensive version to pick me up on 5th Avenue and 57th Street in front of Tiffany's. The first Uber did not show up. The second Uber came 10 minutes later and parked halfway down 57th Street where I could not see the license plate. Then we were facing east when I had to go west and south. Took 20 minutes to face southwest, etc., etc. It only took a bit more than one hour. On top of it, all the car was a mess inside and out. And I want Uber to succeed. That was a big deal because all these libs use Uber and they thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Now, my son uses Uber when he goes out drinking, but I just don't get calling a rando to come pick you up. I, I don't understand that. I will never do it. It's not happening. Vox. Self-checkout eliminates jobs, shifts works to the consumer, breeds shoplifting, and paves the way for extreme surveillance when we shop. Somebody tweeted back to them. Self-checkouts are the inevitable outcome of the policies you push, like wage not commensurate with the value of one's job and free benefits for others in society. 
Businesses are not going to eat financial losses because that's not how it works, you dumbass. I thought that one's cute. Think progress. Romaine lettuce is too dangerous to be in stores, but guns are still available 24 hours per day. Okay, there's no 24-hour gun store that I know of. Secondly, shut the fuck up. On that, this is New York now. This is, when people say, you gun people are all paranoid, tinfoil hat, when there was all that boom of sales during Obama and people said, look at those people, they're all a bunch of racists. This is the shit that makes people that own guns go, yeah, look at them motherfuckers. If the New York bill passes, investigators would be able to look for posts or search that contain threats to the health or safety of others. Intentions to carry on an act of terrorism or commonly known profane slurs or base language describing the race, color, national origin, ancestry, gender, religion, age, disability, or sex orientation of a person. In order for investigators to access personal accounts, applicants would have to give over their login details to social media platforms such as Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. Did you catch that? Profane slurs describing the sexual orientation of person. So if Twitter will ban you for calling Chelsea Madley Bradling because it's hateful, what standard would New York State follow? They'd follow Twitter's. So that's the next thing for guns. They can't get what they want. So now they're going to do state laws that they can check your Facebook. And if, in my case, I post a meme, help your kids that are confused. If you pull down your pants and you see a penis, you're a boy. If there's no penis, you're a girl. You can't own a gun now. That's what they're saying. We have gone into a world where constitutional rights are so important for the media and the left, only for them. Everybody else does not get the First Amendment, does not get the Fifth, does not get the Second. You and I will never get the Fourteenth skewed for our will, but they'll skew it for everybody else. And as they sit and talk about rewriting the Constitution, I really want you to think how these people would write it. It would be England all over again, and Christians would be getting on new boats. You'd have to get on a new boat. Because if you don't believe in gay marriage and then transgender is not freaking gender dysphoria, you would not have any rights in this country anymore. That's how they look at it. CNN. Harvard Yale scientists are proposing we tackle climate change by dimming the sun. Sounds crazy, but according to the research, it could actually cut the rate of global warming in half by having airplanes actually put out chemtrails. I'm not making that up. That That's a real thing. Nate Silver sums up that Nate Silver is not a nonpartisan entity. Kind of feels like Facebook has stopped even thriving. Ken Ruse, today's top stories on Facebook are from... Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, Day the Caller, G-Gag, Timas, Unalad, Franklin Graham, Fox News 9, the other 98%, Fox News link post only the last 24 hours ranked by total interaction data. Ben Shapiro, kind of feels like you want Facebook to suppress conservative sources. You have to go deep into Facebook to find that stuff, folks, because I will tell you, Twitter trends and Facebook trends, 
if you post or follow, more likely follow anything conservative, all your news feed is liberal shit. Every day on Twitter, I have top libs on my feed and I don't follow them. They force them on me. Every day in Facebook, trends have nothing to do with my interests. Ads have nothing to do with my interest. So, yeah, you're idiots. But our tweet of the day, it's hard to believe we're just talking about how batshit 2017 was. And here we are, days away from Thanksgiving 2018, in the same way and almost longing for the crazy 2017. Perhaps we should stop tinting fate by saying things like, and we thought 2018 had reached peak stupid. There will never be peak stupid with liberals, especially if you follow politics. On that note, the take, sum up 2018 in four words, really is a thing, a beauty. And there were so many great ones. Uh, the one that I loved second best was the stupid is spreading. And that pretty much sums it up. But the tweet of the day comes from November Reagan fan. His handle is at I am underscore you are underscore H-K-L-B-R-Y. I'm your Huckleberry from, uh, what was that? Wyatt Earp. His tweet, Hillary still isn't president. (laughs) And I thought that was a really good one. But there are days I have to say, I wish she just would have won. Because we have gone someplace that I just never thought we would as a country. Because these people are crazy. So, that's our Tweet of the Day. We'll play the Tweet of the Day soundbite. We're going to go into a Christmas music break, and then we'll come back into news and social media nuggets. I'm going to Island to the Sunset Strip. Somebody's going to make a happy trip tonight. While the moon is bright He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys To get the corners of the girls and boys all day Santa comes on day He'll come a-calling when the snow's the most When all your cats are sleeping warm as toes And you gonna flip with old Saint Nick a lick on a peppermint stick You come flying from a higher place You fill the stocking by the fireplace So you Have a you that's Strip. 
Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight While the moon is bright He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys To give the corners of the girls and boys So dig Santa comes on big Come calling when the snow's the most Cats are sleeping warm as toes And you come to flip when the old Saint Nick Raises a lick on a peppermint stick You come a flying from the higher place Fill the stockings by the fireplace So you Have a you that's good Have you that's good Yeah, cool you <laughs> Poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reed. This, this is this is something, man. This is this is our generation, man. All you people, we're all together, man. It's groovy. And dig yourselves because it's really groovy. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, see these girls? No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls, and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales. Yeah, he's in the military now. Military coroner, sadly, U.S. soldier, two Afghan troops killed in Afghanistan. The U.S. military said that Saturday that a service member has been killed in Afghanistan while a separate incident, two Air For- Afghan soldiers died when their helicopter failed to land properly. The two Afghan soldiers died Saturday when their helicopter made an emergency landing. In the capital, a senior religious scholar was shot and killed in Basar Majuhad, a spokesman from the Capitol Police. They haven't said how the U.S. soldier has died. It was a local story. So when I find out the name, we'll honor him properly. But um, that's sad. Media just ignores it as usual. U.S.-Russian forces have clashed repeatedly in Syria, U.S. Envoy says. On a last year's show, we talked about the 200 pro-Syrian with Russians we killed um, with air power. But there's been a dozen incidents. They won't, this U.S. Envoy won't break down <clears throat> specifics. But there's been over a dozen incidents where we've killed uh, Russians. Um, which is going to happen in this war zone. But, you know. It's interesting that uh, the media ignores it because, once again, well, you know, supposedly Russia runs our country, but it looks like our military under the behest of the commander in chief. Because remember, Obama killed Osama bin Laden. Um, that means Trump's technically killing Russians. So how could he be 
owned by the Russians if he's killing Russians. Interesting concept. Army new recruiting push will feature super fit soldier teams. They're coming up with this video where these guys are just going to be like CrossFit badasses doing stuff. And, you know, I've seen one of them where they have an infantry squad. Every one of those guys is just buff as fuck. And I think they're trying to kind of get some marine into our videos because let's be honest the whole army of one dude running through the desert just wasn't a good campaign all right another story on the greens they're talking about not issuing them in basic so for those who've never been military you go through basic you get fitted about phase two for your greens you get issued your greens you graduate in greens they're talking about changing that um on initial entry because these are going to be more expensive and they're just going to get issued once they go through AIT, which saves a lot of money. I think it's pretty damn smart. This one cracked me the frick up. Burt with surround sound. A10 may get new 3D audio system. <laughs> the U.S. Air Force may soon finalize how many surround sound audio systems will retrofit the A10 Thunderbolt attack aircraft as part of an effort to give Warthog pilots more situational awareness. Earlier this month, the Air Force quietly issued an update to an earlier request for information saying it plans to award Terma North American Inc., a defense aerospace company, a sole contract to integrate a commercial off-the-shelf three-dimensional audio system to drastically improve the spatial battle space and situational awareness of A-10C pilots, according to the solicitation. The RFI was originally issued in December last year. James first reported it. At that time, according to Terma, the 3D auto works as a self-protection systems. Pilots have multiple audio signals coming at them, making it difficult to discern certain radio calls or even warnings. Terma's system breaks the part and surrounds sound effect to better hear dueling signals. The 3D audio has been used in Danish F-16 fighter pilots for missile warnings. Now, I read it because if you just read the highlight, you know, the, the headline, why the hell would that need an audio system to freaking make it sound worse? You know? So I thought, I just thought it was funny. So let's go to college crazy. Ryder University refuses to bring Chick-fil-A on campus. Story goes, they asked the campus, the students, hey, who would you like to have come on post? Everybody said Chick-fil-A in a resounding way. In the survey, but the administrator said, fuck that, they're too conservative, we don't want them. They don't like the corporate values, because a guy who's religious was asked, what do you think about gay marriage? And he goes, I believe in traditional marriage. He didn't say anything other than that, but we are still playing the Chick-fil-A is the devil game with liberals fucking like eight years later. Unbelievable. The Paul course examines social media and attacks on women and queer people. Paul University will offer a course entitled Sex, Gender, and Social Media during the winter quarter. The course will examine how social media serves as a new outlet through which people can launch public attacks on women and queer people. Yet, if I go online, all I see is liberals attacking conservatives and calling them whores, sluts, mass murderers if you own a gun. That all is allowed, but saying a man is not a woman gets you banned. Do the math on that shit. Gonzaga speaker talks white people privilege on International Day of Tolerance. Doesn't that make sense? 
Staff linked arms at an event celebrating International Day of Tolerance. They heard from Peace and Justice Action League of Spokane director Liz Moore, who misquoted a professor saying people start talking about privilege, they get paralyzed by shame, but added a white before the people. Showing the tolerance on International Tolerance Day. Same day, vandals destroyed crosses on Ohio, Miami of Ohio campus. A pro-life display set up by Miami University Students for Life chapter got vandalized up to four times during a five-day period. The student group reported the first few incidents to police, but that did not stop future vandalism, nor did police stop it from happening, because fuck you people who don't want to kill babies. Hmm. NARAL. Women have to plan, conceive, carry, and do labor to make babies who chances are won't even have our last names. I don't mind babies, but I don't want, I don't long for one. The world promised me this longing would arrive one day like a package on my doorstep. What I long for is a second book contract and a protracted stretch of time alone. I'm beginning to think this promise is not a lie exactly, but the culture's way of distracting me from all the non-gestational things I'd like to do, be doing. The New York Times tells me cost of motherhood are on the rise, but we aren't talking about the cost of consumption. Not just the enormous expense of fertility treatments, but the cost of missing work for frequent doctor appointments, the physical toll of hormone treatments and invasive procedures, and the ordinary effort of planning sex on the right day while making it seem fun and spontaneous. We have to plan, conceive, carry, and labor to make babies who chances are won't even have our last name. Of course, women are less eager to have children than their partners are. The cost to our bodies, our career, and our futures are just so much higher. These people are ghouls, man. <laughs> mm. Wow. Duke University produces Hempathy Hempunity podcast. Hmm. Duke professor and audio program director John Bewin and author and radio journalist Celeste Henley host a podcast discussing misogyny and patriarchy. The podcast introduces terms less often used as empathy and impunity. Hmm. There are current 10 episodes of the men's series, each touching on different topics ranging from white feminism and gender issues to misogyny and racism. In the first episode, Be Like You, Bewin and Headley bring on the transgender guests to discuss privilege. Bywin claims that he is inherently an oppressor because he's a cis-hetero white male middle class. He also states that transitioning from male to female is one of the biggest betrayals to the patriarchy that one could commit. Episode 2, Ain't No Amoeba, features Bewin claiming that men were the creators of gender roles for the purpose of justifying an oppressive exploitation hierarchy. He also states that women do far less harm overall in the world than men, and that is acceptable standard by which to judge which of the sexes is better. In another episode, Headley discusses empathy and impunity, terms coined by feminist philosopher Kate Mann. She explains that empathy is a particular type of sympathy only attributed to males exclusively within our society. She continues with impunity, which she defines as the striking damage and downright weird habit in our culture of letting men off the hook for awful things they do, even serious crimes, especially if they do them to women. You see what I'm saying? Within this cause, they just keep coming up with new shit. They're creating words just so they can own the conversation because most of us go, shut the fuck up. Clemson invites students to create your own gender. Clemson University Multicultural Center hosted transgender activist Laura Americo for Create Your Own Gender Adventure Workshop. 
Americo had a volunteer try on garments associated with different genders. And isn't that why we spend $10,000 a year on average for kids to go to college? Don't learn a trade. Don't learn something that can get you a better job on the other side. Learn social justice warrior. Which has gone to the next level because if we remember back in the day, the vagina monologues, that was cutting edge feminism. University cancels production of the vagina monologues for not being inclusive enough for trans people who can't have real vaginas as we already talked about. Eastern Michigan Michigan University has reportedly halted production of Eve Esner's 1994 play because of lack of trans sensitivity and overall lack of diversity and inclusion. Wow. You just never know. This is like, you know, social justice warrior is Texas A&M and LSU. Seven overtimes. You never know what's going to happen. Because the game keeps changing. The motherfucker wasn't down. That was a bullshit call. LSU got chopped. Ten-year-old, as I said earlier, and This Is Us comes out as gay because that happens all the fucking time. And this article pretty much sums up everything I know about transgenderism because I've researched it. I've gone to sites. It's all a ruse. Se- school has 17 students changing gender. Teacher, a liberal teacher, most are autistic and being groomed. 17 students at a single British high school are in the process of changing their gender, a whistleblower teacher the school told the Daily Mail. While the astonishing number of students seeking a gender change would be newsworthy by itself, the report published Monday underscores that the veteran teacher claims that a majority of the gender-changing students are autistic and thus more, more vulnerable to what she describes as being groomed by others into believing they suffer from gender dysphoria. When they do not. The whistleblower says few of the transgender children are suffering from gender dysphoria, the medical term for someone who feels they were born in the wrong body, but are just easily influenced, latching on to the mistaken belief they are the wrong sex as a way of coping with the problem caused by autism. The teacher says she felt compelled to speak out to protect pupils, many of whom she believes could already be taking the powerful drugs and may go on to have life-changing surgeries. She believes schools and some polit- politicians have swallowed hook, line, and sinker, a political core correct fallacy peddled by powerful transgender lobby. Oh my God, it's like I am talking. The teacher has been teaching for two decades and has an unblemished record. Asked the Daily Mail to conceal her identity for fear of being fired. In her interview with the Daily Mail, the woman who asked to be called Carol said she was instructed not to tell parents or teachers that the students told her they believed they were transgender. Parents are not told about this, and there is no way of challenging these pupils or convinced by others that they have a problem they almost certainly do not have. Tragically, the end results could be irreversible surgical procedures. Her words. This is scandalous. <clears throat> Remember when Nancy Pelosi said AstroTurf? That's the left right now. The border. They're paying for it. Soros was paying for that shit. That's not a fucking right-wing conspiracy. That's a fact. Beto O'Rourke was sending gift cards to him, folks. This is a financed faux issue. Transgender? These kids get grabbed on. We already read gender change regret the website by a guy that's been a woman a man a man a woman he's been through it all and he says this lobby 
crushes people if they go back. Crushes them. Which goes to the one I talked about, Nature Magazine. Editorial, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services proposes to establish a legal definition of whether someone is male or female based on their genitalia when they're born. This proposal proposal has no foundation in science and should be abandoned. So science is not teaching biology anymore? I guess we don't have to teach our kids that. Your junk is optional. It's all optional, man. You disconnect that motherfucker and you just reattach something else. Today I'm wearing a vagina. It's a little heavier. Weird. Judge dismisses female genital mutilation charges in a historic case because they said it's okay. That's in America. Per previous statement, we got problems in our judicial system. We, we got major problems. If somebody can force a child to be have their junk Mutilated? Yeah, we got an issue. Newsweek. Men with muscles and money are more attractive to straight women and gay men. Showing gender roles aren't progressing. Alternate title. We are totally shocked that gay men and white women like men with money and who are attractive. Because our whole agenda isn't working, even on gay people. Jesus Christ. Netflix flicks battles film director over underage frontal nudity. I only read that because that pretty much says it all. And Netflix won't put your shit out there. You're probably pretty extreme, dude. They're they're all on board with the cause. Amber Roberts, astronomer Amber, I take out both of my laptops at an airport security. Random guy scoffs. What do you need two laptops for? Me? Well, one is for my astrophysics, and one is for my artificial intelligent work. Hashtag priceless. Hashtag women in STEM. Hashtag women in tech. AI. Girls are bosses, too. This was picked up by the left. I believe it was... uh, I don't know where I got this from. Personal story. Asking a woman why she needs two laptops is indicative of gender bias. Bias, excuse me. Scientist shares. Is anything ever just a random question? Somebody asks. Amber Roberts again. It's amazing the number of people are concerned with the contents of my laptop. Now, I want you to understand, when I was the head doggy over there at a retail company, I carried two laptops too. One was for work and one was for personal because my work tech people were a bunch of Hitlers and you couldn't even check your personal email on your shit. So I had to have a different laptop. I was asked that question about a hundred times and no time did I think anybody was doing anything other than starting a conversation. But when you're trying to create things to stop conversations and we're word policing stuff all the time, Everything's fair game. Within this was part of Joan Walsh and Rich Lowry arguing over this. And at some time he had tweeted something about that loser down there who lost the governorship in Georgia. And I'm not even covering it because it's still all about suppressing votes and racism. And just she just lost because she shouldn't have said 
all the illegals should be able to vote too. They're part of the blue wave. I mean, that's probably what killed her in a southern state. But he used the word upbraid towards a black candidate. And she pointed out that's racist. Upbraid just is fancy for bringing facts forward. That's all it is. But now you can't even say those words because when we don't have policies, we have wordsmithing. Mm. On the sexual harassment front, my wife agreed to an extent with what this outrage was. I just didn't get it. Feminists said this Christmas window display in Britain is sexist. A Christmas display at Marks and Spencer in Nottingham, Britain is feminist crying sexism for advertising a woman's must-have fancy little knickers beside a man's must-have outfits to impress. According to The Guardian, original Christmas display featured the model of David Gandy wearing an MS, MS suit with the tagline must-have outfits to impress, adjacent to a red and black lingerie being the tagline must-have fancy little knickers. Feminists did not take kindly to the act, which made many blasted it on grotesque, vomit-inducing. After it went viral online, protesters defaced the women's undergarment slogan to read, Must Have Full Human Rights. A Facebook group, Feminist Friends Nottingham, received an outpouring of complaints for several women shoppers. Okay, MS Nottingham, have we really not learned anything in the last 35 years? Or am I alone in finding this, their major window display, completely vomit-inducing? said shopper Fran Bailey, who chastised the ad for both normalization of damaging gender stereotypes through the juxtaposition of images of women apparently obsessed with fancy little knickers, with images of fully clothed men being dressed to impress in suits, and also the slogan must have when huge numbers of Britons are struggling with poverty. We just mixed up all the liberal into that. I think M&S using such a strap line is just really crass when so many are without necessities of warm shelter and food the problem is that we're so browbeaten by this sort of imagery that we don't even recognize what it is anymore it's pandering to notions of gender that are so outdated that it's unbelievable that it still be spouted out i'm disgusted because i've had thought that mns was a grown-up store that knew better i know mns is not the worst offender by any means but this particular just position is just grotesque wow my wife said, well, they probably should have put women in suits. But goddamn, if you walk by a window and it gets you that angry, you probably really need to relook yourself. But to show it's just not London, which is probably more uber liberal than we are. This viral photo on a social media showing different families in Macy's holidays pajama that have some questioning why the clothing retail omitted a two-parent black family for the marketing material. Leela Cecilia, where is the two-parent black family in this ad? Now, I want to break down the picture. You got a white family, three kids, a dog, a dad and a mom. A gay family, white girl, black boy, two dudes. A woman with three black boys, she's black. And another white family wearing shit that nobody would ever wear. Tariq Nasid, the underlying message of the new Macy ad speaks volumes. Jim Sloppy Joe, Macy's 
Why are you so racist? Symbolism is important. Portray my people in a non-negative way. I refuse to believe that corporation of your magnitude is tone deaf to skin pigmentation issue because you knocked the LGBT pics out of the park. Exit Macy's. So Macy's is added to the list of marketing campaign that needs to result in the firing of an entire team. Why is the black woman the only one portrayed alone? Macy's would be held account for the major corporate blunder. Black people must make them feel their ire by purchasing our holiday choices with other retailers competing with Macy's. Eliminate Macy's from your shopping list. Infect this year's sale end. Dr. Tiffany Tubman. Hey, Macy's. Here's some idea for a better marketing campaign since your models and images are currently in very poor taste and extremely disrespectful to black men. When I shop and see my kings, this is what I see. Because black men are kings. Macy's reply. Thank you for reaching out to share feedback to our holiday pajama product image. We're talking about fucking pajamas here, folks. We apologize. Our intent was never to offend. It's important for us to know when we've missed the mark, and we appreciate that our customers let us know that. Additionally, if you saw collection images on social media, please know that those were actually product images that were cut and pasted together rather than an advertisement from Racy's. We know we are at our best when we do fully reflect to the rich diversity of our colleagues, customers, and communities. We have shared the comments with our team and are making changes to our customers see balanced images when shopping online with us. That was a whole thing. I tweeted back, black people, take note. They don't give a fuck about you. You're losing stores left and right because all you care about is the LGBT agenda. But seriously, think about how small people are right now. Remember, I had a ran a couple podcasts about as a society, we're so small. You're thumbing through the internet. And a picture of PJs makes you shit your fucking pants. A window with some knickers and a dude in a suit gets you to lose your ever fucking mind. We're small people. The root is smaller. On an article by The Federalist, Americans disagree on racism and that's a problem. I didn't read the article because I didn't have to. Deroot. Americans don't disagree about racism. You white motherfuckers do. In theory, I'm a Pulitzer Prize winning author, Michael Harriet, PhD, a great husband, a father who gave a lucrative career in music to spend more time with my family. In reality, I have not been awarded a prize for my writing. I have, haven't received a doctorate. My family would probably describe me singing as less than stellar, although Pajama Jackson, Damon Young, and Natalie Bow, whatever the fuck. But in spite of the notes that's come out of my mouth, the reality is that Pulitzer people get to determine who wins the award. And I've never done a doctoral thesis. But why should that matter? What counts is what's in my heart. While that may seem like nonsense, this is how white people define racism. Of all the entitlement that falls under the umbrella of the soft, oft-rejected term white privilege, perhaps the biggest is the opportunity to exist in theory. White people are offended the freedom of living is perpetual state of grand illusion, which allows them, among other things, to create reality out of hypothetical thin air. As a dominant member of society, they get to trade in false equivalencies and define their existence by dismissing everything that doesn't fit their narrative. The preface sentence with all things being equal, or imagine of a white person said that. They can vote for a white supremacist and call it racial anxiety. They can create a term like reverse racism out of whole cloth. To them, reality isn't important. What matters are the things that really 
feel to them. I would say it's the total opposite, but go ahead. On Tuesday, the outlet Federalist posted the article that I already talked about. From the outset, the author's explanation of race and racism is misguided. At its heart, it illustrates the point that many white people don't understand about racism. His article. There are two basic definitions of racism in the United States, one roughly associated with progressives and one roughly associated with conservatives. The former describes racism as a failure to acknowledge and seek to redress systematic discrimination against select disadvantaged minority groups. It is very broad and captures everything from unconscious bias to white supremacy. The latter views racism as making assumptions about or taking actions towards an individual or group of sole basis of the race. It is narrow and generally requires belief, intent, and animosity. These definitions don't simply defer to a great extent, they actually contradict each other. Much of the contradiction stems from the fact that the progressive definition of racism requires that an advantaged individual or group must be attacking the less privileged. To more conservative and narrow definition of racism requires no appeal to power structures, only to bias, and can be committed by anyone towards anyone. I think he nails it. <clears throat> the often cited, we're back to the root author, argument is bullshit and must be dismantled. First, we must agree that racism has nothing to do with belief, intent, or animosity. As a result of actions and policies to create and perpetuate racism, the grand delusion that one can only be racist if there is hate in one's heart is the biggest myth of white supremacy and one of the largest reasons it still exists. The reason poor black children are more likely to attend underfunded schools is a result of legacy of segregation, redlining, and government policy. Black people convicted of the same crimes as white receive longer sentences probably because of resource allocation disparity in the legal representation. Unless you're a poor white person, because then you're going to jail too. Black children born to wealth, wealthy black parents have a lower chance of economic success than white children born to poor to poor parents. Black students are punished more harshly than white students. This is racism. And none of this has to do with intent, belief, or animosity. In theory, it might be useful to eliminate hate, intentional bias, and anti-black sentiment, but it's impossible to measure the feelings of teacher, landlords, school administrators, judges, juries, and employers. What matters is their action. Furthermore, non-white people could care less about how white people feel inside. Dear white people, feel free feel. Feel free to hate me with the white-hot passion of a thousand sons as long as you can feel free to treat everyone equally. The narcissistic Caucasian notion that black people have been fighting all this time so that white people would have positive feelings towards non-whites fuels the idiotic notion that perpetuates racism because it allows the people playing keep away with equality to concentrate inwardly instead of actually doing the hard work to require to correct the persistent problem of white supremacy. But here's where Mr. Marcus, not that one, descends into the madness of false equivalently. A very current example of the disagreement of the term can be seen in the media's treatment of white women after the 2016 and 18 election. He writes, adding, many progressives have argued that white women voted in a racist manner in order to hold their privileged place in the white male patriarchy. This guy's reply. Uh, let me try to find it. Uh, fuck it, I'm not reading more of this. This guy, uh, my point on this article, because I can't even read anymore. He's, he's fucking killing me. Um, racism has evolved since there was true racism in our country to anything we don't like. Anything. 
you, you don't know what a person's thinking. You don't know what's in their heart. But you just know that because they're white, they're racist. That's this world. When they don't get their way, it's racist. When their candidate doesn't win, it's racism. When Donald Trump won, racism. Even though there's no proof of racism, he never said anything it was racism, they skewed the Mexican remark, racism. And it goes back to what we as a show have talked about since day one. When everything's racist, what the fuck is racism? The definition of racism is exactly what Marcus said. For the black community who after Obama freaked the fuck out, and I'm not saying all blacks, I'm talking about the black grievance community and they could no longer say America is a totally racist country because we voted for a black president twice they had to make shit up and that's where we're at upbraiding is racist not having a fucking nuclear family racism and, and here's the problem with that there's two problems number one you Darut, NBC, at all, have told us the nuclear family is wrong. It's part of the patriarchy. It's what we believe. So you're you're arguing within your argument. You're saying all the time, two men can raise kids. A goat can raise kids. Um, it has nothing to do with the nuclear family. Nuclear family is an old age theme. Get rid of that shit because we want to dismantle what everybody believes America is. Because we want it to be this anything goes except what we don't like. Second of all, if there is, and this is good, I don't give a fuck if you think I'm racist. I'm not racist. This is the facts. If there's a demographic that has more one parent family, tell me what it is. No successful black person in music or in sports that I've ever seen interviewed that I can literally remember had two parents. Invariably, it was one mama who busted her ass working 95 jobs in this shitty fucking tenement um, cost or rent, you know, one of them, the projects, who raised this guy who's now a superstar. Real black leaders have said there's a fucking problem in the black community with fathers. Obama said it. He's your dear leader. So get the fuck out of here. If anything, that marketing campaign was keeping it on the reels. As the cool people would say. So shut the fuck up. Staying on this tangent. Even though I fucked that article up because I just got too angry. Parents called races after pointing out 30-year-old man is not high school age. This is in fucking Britain. The dude's an immigrant. He's a motherfucking 30-year-old Arab dude. They said, I don't feel comfortable with my fucking middle schooler going to school with a 30-year-old man with a full beard. And the school district said, you're fucking racist. Hmm. Nice. So, BuzzFeed, for a little humor on this, this is California Fires. Most experts now agree the decade-long policy of suppressing fires in the forest, a campaign fronted by Smokey Bear, was a bad idea. 
At best, it damaged ecosystems that needed to be burned from time to time. At worst, it created tinderbox of unnaturally dense vegetation. Within two hours, because they were crushed by the world, we deleted the tweet, Smokey Bear fronts a campaign for wildlife preve- wildfire prevention, not suppression. But yes, his name's actually Smokey Bear, but nobody calls him that. They didn't say that, but the world did. <laughs> Smokey the Bear. Everybody says that. But they had to get some of that in there because the world is now attacking Trump because Trump said the truth. They haven't taken care of their goddamn force. Why doesn't Oregon have as many fires? Because Oregon keeps up with the underbrush, fucking cuts fire breaks, keeps up with the forests. You're living in the forest. You don't keep it up because now it's residential. You get fires. What the fuck do you expect? Newsweek with glee. Witchcraft rises as millennials reject Christianity. Yeah. To kick off the witch fest, Firno spotlights an article from Quartz which claims the data collected by the Pew Research Center near Trinity College in Connecticut show witchcraft and pre-Christian traditions have been revitalized by young adults. Millennials celebrate even critics of Supreme Court Justice Brent Kavanaugh have embraced the witch aesthetic over more repressive Christian beliefs, adopting religious practices despite a Supreme Court nominee. Wow. But unfortunately, the Newsweek and Court's view as a reactionary witchcraft boom may be exactly that, reactionary. The Federalist recently cited sociology sociologist Rodney Stark is saying young adults begin to attend church less often in their independent years and have always done so as long back as such data has been collected. Add to that research which suggests people are leaving mainline churches mainly for other Christian congregations and the witch wave is beginning to look like a witch puddle. New age churches are booming all over the country. These surveys are bullshit. To our crazy crime, Hawaiian Burger Eatery closes after video shows rat being cooked. I don't want to say anymore. What the fuck? Berlin man, 95, charged for over 36,000 deaths and Nazi camps. Yeah. Hans H. was part of the SS. Holy shit. Wrestler rushed to hospital for emergency brain surgery to remove a blood clot after rival throws concrete block at him. And I would say, and the article doesn't, stunt gone wrong. Elderly man arrests a bank, fled a halfway house, and they caught him. Dude was 82 fucking years old. That's a badass right there. 82 robbing a bank. What the fuck, Chuck? U.S. tourist killed by arrow shooting Indian tribe. John Chow, 27, taking a boat ride with local fishermen before venturing alone in a canoe to the remote North Sentinel Island, where the indigenous people live cut off completely from the outside world. As soon as he set foot on the island, Chow found himself facing a flurry of arrows, official sources told AFP. Contact with several tribes on the island set deep in the Indian Ocean is illegal in a bid to protect their indigenous ways. Police have registered a case of murder and seven accused persons have been arrested, but... That's some old school shit. You don't hear people getting shot and eaten, but that's what they were going to do. You know it. They are going to eat them. Mars revisited NASA's spacecraft days away from risky landing, and the day is today. It will land at 12 noon Pacific time, 
It is during six months, 300 million miles, be the first American spacecraft to land since Curiosity in 2012. NASA is going with the tried and true method to get this mechanical miner to the surface of the red planet. Engines firing will slow its final descent, and spacecraft will plop down on its rigid legs, mimicking the landing of an earlier success. It's a $1 billion European US effort. Once flight controllers in California determine the coast is clear, the landing site, fairly flat and rock free, in sight. Six foot, 1.8 meter arm will remove the two main science experiments from the lander and place them directly on the Martian surface. No spacecraft has attempted anything like this before. The first don't stop there. One experiment will attempt to penetrate 16 feet, five meters, into the Mars surface using a self-hammering nail with heat sensors to gauge the planet's internal temperature that would shatter the out-of-its-world death record of 8 feet drilled by Apollo moonwalkers nearly a half-century ago. The astronauts also left behind instruments to measure moonquakes. InSight will carry the same thing and evaluate the planet's core. I hope it makes it. It's seven minutes of burn before it gets in there, which is pretty freaking scary. Which ends our news and social media nuggets. Let's go to our lighter fare. For our lighter fare, we have two stories that I just thought was hilarious. First one comes from my better half, Gigi in Tennessee. Man arrested for allegedly threatened to blow up a Willie's chicken shack. Claim he meant... Blow up the bathroom. On Tuesday, a man arrested for allegedly threatening to blow up a Willie's chicken sack and shack in New Orleans, Louisiana. According to NOLA, which obtained a copy of the police report, 30-year-old Arthur Posey entered Willie's chicken shack on Tuesday evening and asked when they're going to close. The manager replied, and Posey said, y'all about to close right now because I'm going to get a bomb and blow this place up. Another Willie chicken shack employee thought he heard the same thing. The dude was carrying a white bag. So the manager informed the boss, they called the police, they found him in another place and gave him two counts of communicating false arson information. According to the warrant, Posey said he intended to blow the bathroom up. And then this article actually explains what blowing the bathroom up means. He's scheduled for a November 29th mental competency I have probably said that a million times. Somebody blew up the bathroom. Man, I'm going to go blow the bathroom up. To my wife, don't go back there. It's not pretty. Blew that shit up. Um, Who knows, but I thought that headline was hilarious. The next is Vice again. Why straight men hate astrology? Sam Hill feels similarly that astronomy, astrology, sorry, has always been gendered, and that's the male response to that. To ignore it makes sense. It's hard to indicate what it, what I mean, but for example, if a girl at school likes a certain book, the boys can't like it in fear of being called gay or whatever, so that book becomes a girl's book, he said. The same can be said of horoscopes. I think women are drawn to them out of a sense of curiosity and spirituality that is drummed out of boys at a young age. Somebody wrote a meme on it, their title, Why Straight Men Hate Astrology So Much, and they wiped out the straight men with Why Anybody With An IQ Greater Than 90 Hates Astrology. Another person did a huge, every sign, the stars and planets will not affect your life in any way meme back at them, which I, come on. 
If we're gendering, it's too gender. What the fuck? It's astrology, man. Come on. You may believe it, but you may not. But that's no different than brisket, you dipshits. Then there was this one that's a late entry that just, no, not doing this. High-tech toilets could soon be tracking your every movement. And we're not saying tracking as in how many times you pee, how many times you poop. Sampling your pee and poop. They're coming out with toilets that'll give you a piss test, basically. Not for drugs, but it'll be, oh, you're not having enough of this, your kidney's not functioning. And then sample your poop for how your digestive system's working. Uh, no. And then they're going to connect this to your doctor. I'm not, no. My doctor's not going to know when I poop. No, I refuse. Christmas is already on the attack, or being attacked. Mike Slidell, first snow person of the season, and the second snowfall in less than a week in Nashua, New Hampshire, thanks to the Matt Staffer for the eyes, nose, etc. Thanksgiving forecast to be the coldest on record nearby Boston with a high of 21 and wind chill in the single numbers. Illinois State, this is pretty amazing snow person. Anyone on campus up for the challenge? This gender stuff is crazy. But there's a conservative site that's also crazy. Second to Vote came out and they released their Christmas guide to where you should shop and where not to. <clears throat> the scores are based on one the score of one indicates direct donations or direct support to a liberal cause, organization, or nonprofit. Two, the score indicates indirect donations or indirect support to a liberal group, cause, or organization, or nonprofit. For example, when a company contributes to United Way chapter that funds Planned Parenthood. Three indicates neutrality. Can't find them doing any donations. Four indicates indirect donations or support to a conservative group, cause, organization, nonprofit. And five indicates direct donations within this targets go 1.4 walmart's a 1.3 and there are very few people that you can go shop with anymore basically that's what this article says um i I, you know i say it all the time we should probably be like these fuckers but it kind of feels like these fuckers so i yeah another huge thing that came late to the podcast Camilla Harris is freaking out. These motherfuckers literally want to take the census and get representation for illegals. They're really, really pushing for representation for illegals because the census isn't tracking it, supposedly. Um, And I just thought, really... You know, you people are horrible, but it's all, for the left, it is all about power. They want to control the country in a different way than anybody else. Um, And that is basically socialism. I mean, they want you to think, eat, sleep. You do what they want you to do. And if you don't, you'll be punished for it. So I think that's the overriding thing. Another one uh, got... Ire for Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano batted one for one this week. She did start going out against whatchamacallit, but this one she got hosed on. Some friends and I are trying to raise 100000 today to help some people in the fight of their lives seeking asylum at our southern border. See, it's being financed, folks. It's being financed. 
Would you be willing to give five for families to help out? Replies. Alyssa, sweetie, how about raising money for people, the first responders who lost everything to the California fires? Your state and town called Paradise, maybe you've heard of it. 85 dead, 500 missing, 1,600 homes destroyed. How about them, Alyssa? Dear Melissa, slightly to your north, there's a town called Paradise, the current death toll. Look at me, I'm a good person because I'm going to spend money to import a problem that everyone else in the country will have to live with. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get ready to shop in Beverly Hills. Shouldn't you be helping veterans who make your freedom possible instead of people that have done nothing for the country? Ever thought about looking at the homeless and poor kids in our country? Those were liberals, folks. Those uh, weren't. Uh, yeah. Not, not good. Not good at all. <clears throat> then there's Bette Midler. Um, let me see what this one's about. These are all late entries that just came in. Um... Let's see what she said. Stop breaking the web. Twitter revises term of service ban to D dead naming. I am trans and this is a threat on what dead naming is. Wrong one. Let me get to that later. Let's do the Bette Midler one. Climate crisis is Trump's 9-11. He'll go down in history as a feckless, reckless, witless, loveless, heartless, and most important, brainless president. Billions be lost because he refers pollution to blue skies, wildfires to forests, and floods to people he swore to protect. You are utterly ridiculous. Trump's 9-11, you are so out of touch with people who personal lives who touch with people who personally live through it. Do you ever really consider what you're writing before you tweet? And the answer would be no. And then on the trans thing, <clears throat> Twitter's a new policy is suspending accounts over dead naming. Full transparency, this author has no idea what that was, but considering you can lose your account over it, probably something to inform oneself on. Interesting enough, Karina Cohn wrote an entire and epic thread about what dead naming is. Twitter revises term of service to ban dead naming. I am trans and this is the thread on which dead naming is. On its face, dead naming is merely mentioning the christened name of a person is given by their parents if that person has subsequently changed their name as part of declaring gender identity change. It's considered rude to approach a trans person who would refer to known as Caitlin and say, hey, Bruce, recent last five years, this was coined as dead naming. With Twitter choosing to punish or ban the mention of a Christian name, dead naming has now emerged as a highly privileged, extremely broad privacy right, which removes others' rights to speak about the past. From the first time I heard the mal- malaprosism, dead naming, I've criticized it for promoting the idea that changing one's name or pronoun is a form of death. It isn't. Changing your name or inducing a new chapter isn't destroying the book. There is not unified position in the trans community on dead naming. For Twitter to add it to its prohibited speech restriction, it means that Twitter has taken a specific ideological stance and is choosing to ban a wide swath of speech. A ban on dead naming is categorically identical to ban on heresy. If Twitter bans dead naming, there is no distance from here to banning sacrilegious speech. Dead naming is a term for the most modern theological movements. In practice, Twitter dead naming policy would be boon to anyone who wants to hide their past, particularly sex offenders and other violent offenders. This policy strips victims' ability to name their abuser. As a side note, a former senior engineer at Twitter is now protected by this policy. Twitter's been cracking down on alleged challenges speech. 
Challenging speech is by its nature offensive because it attacks ideas or beliefs that one party sincerely holds and which other party passionately disagrees. Twitter is not a platform discussing ideas. This new change to term and condition proves that beyond a doubt, hashtag free Megan. And this is in response to the Megan, and that is from an actual transgender person. Which makes one think, why is Twitter so invested in this trans stuff? You would have to ban half a twiddler, twiddler for calling Bradley Manning Bradley. Because he's changed his name to Chelsea. Once again, it's not about free speech. Nothing's about free speech for the left. It's about indoctrination and making people... Toe the line to your political beliefs. I said it a million times. I don't tweet that much because Twitter's a joke. You know, alongside the mainstream media, CNN, MSDNC, basically, our divisive nature started with Barack Hussein Obama, who spent eight years telling everybody else who didn't agree with them that they were behind the times and pieces of shit. Twitter has been the second biggest problem. Our divisiveness comes from Twitter. And the problem with Twitter is they have decided to back one ideology over the other. And it will turn into what Twitter wants it to be. Twitter doesn't want a discussion on ideas. Twitter wants the echo chamber that our media is. So I say as a conservative, give it to them. I mean, what do you really get from Twitter? News on articles you can't get from mainstream media. Different views on the site reports, which I love because if I didn't get that, I would never, ever know about the walkout during the Democratic convention. You wouldn't know any of this stuff because the media covers it up. The media reports what they want to. You wouldn't know about this caravan rushing the border and throwing rocks. You never would have known that because the media wasn't going to, they weren't going to report that. So use it for what it is. A great way for the brave few that will go out there and just like Ryan Savandra. I follow him because I get live, actual, factual news that you'll never see from our media who's all like Chuck Toad. They're just liberals. So anyway, that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends. Send comments or suggested for segments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Podcast gmail.com. You get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Make sure you check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. FOPpodcast.com to see links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. There you see a link to every episode on the episode release page, and it will stay active through January, and then I'm just going to shut it off. Um, not enough traffic over there. Most of you, the 25 that I see instantly, are like me. You know, when a podcast comes out, it just hits my phone. So you really don't use anything else. So we will use uh, Twitter and Facebook to talk about new podcast. Uh, the website just, you know, not enough reason to go there. Next podcast will be the 30th of November, year of our Lord, 2018. 
I'm hoping we have some new subjects come up this week, and I'm sure there will be with this, the crazy stuff in our country. Uh, make sure you stay warm out there. If you're like me right now, it's it's all day. It's just going down. I'll be in the 20s by this evening. Got a nice roaring fire going. Uh, kind of goes well with the Christmas ornaments. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. Enjoy this holiday season with your family by not going on Twitter. And tune in on Friday for our next podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at foppodcast.com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count. Stood